This is the open bar, opening bar. Actually, I think I forgot this part. <laughs> Thanks for listening all up in your car. YouTube Live is where we are. Wait, are we J Mike? That's my co-host, by the way. They sorta call me Gabe on the mic every booze day. Oops, I meant Tuesday. Though really, who's to say? I think it's about time to press play. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling about this. Is this really how you want your mortgage to go down? Is this really how you want your your life to spiral out of control? Yeah, you're you're going to raise no matter what. (laughs) Facts. You are the big blind. There is no question about it. You stay raising. Hey, uh, one of J. Mike's favorite show titles. Come on, the open J. Mike. Bra. That was open funny. Bra. That was a good one. <laughs> uh, in case you uh, were wondering, uh, 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 we's alive. Um, it is the open bar. It is 930 Eastern-ish. Very much heavy on that-ish. Heavy. Um, in, in more ways than one. Y'all, we, I, I'm sorry. We just just lost track of time entirely. I was napping like 20 minutes ago. So, uh, are, are we? Are, J. Mike, are we podcasting tonight? What? what, what? We, we are. <laughs> we are podcasting tonight. The final open bar for the month of May. Um, before uh, a week breaks, uh, a week's break in in the action. Um, we've got. As excited of a panel, guests, friends, dare I say, this evening, uh, as as I've as I've been excited for in a while. So this is this is good stuff. We're here. We're live. The open bra returns, as as the chef has told us. So this is a, this is good stuff. Happy to be I here. Like and, uh, say what? I feel like you're trying to push those words real closely together um, to make it sound like you're not saying what you're at, what it actually is. Oh, it's the open bra returns. Yeah, like, I mean, bra. what do you, what do you mean? It's the open, <laughs> uh, it's the open bra, for sure, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mix, I don't mix words, Jack. <laughs> let's let's get bucko. Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to this show for a while i know you said this pre-show but um i kind of like to flex on the audience a little bit and and tell them how much i i like these people uh because when you when you first um scheduled this show and first of all thank you for scheduling our shows j mike um i was like man i there's no way i'm gonna make that show because it is two (laughs) days after the birth uh or the uh the due date and I, I don't know how this works. And I started looking up statistics of like, okay, what are the odds that a baby is born on a due date? And it's actually like 5%. It's not even like, you know, even a, a favor, a favorable date. Like I can't even, I couldn't believe that 5%. Like I would expect at least in the, maybe like 20. But like in your head, it's, reasonable. Auto, it's, it's automatic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's oh, a yeah. big win. Yeah, that's. It is no an incredibly large window. Yeah, it's uh, very much a yeah the normal curve, and five yeah. percent is is big. Those are those are good odds, but that's uh, uh neither here nor there. Anyway, we're here, and I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. I'm happy I can make the show because I was looking forward to it a lot, um, genuinely. 
Um, it appears that we're taking a week off next week, Jay Mike. I, I don't know if that's actually for me or is that just for you? Like you, are you, are you taking a week? Cause I wouldn't take a week off. I don't care. I, I would never. So I feel like you are, you know, kind of using me because I'm having, you know, a child within hours, days, minutes, whatever. And you are taking a week off. I mean, what, what is this? The original plan uh, just because, you know, I rub elbows with the fantasy bigwigs. The original plan was to have Matthew Berry, Field Yates, you know, all <laughs> those real big timers to be able to cover while you're gone. Yeah. And I said, listen, I want to continue to do this with Gabe when he when he's ready to come back. I don't want to force him back into action. I just want to let him know, look, if you take a little too long, you know what I'm saying? I know people now. That's all wow. I'm saying. So, you're going to move so, on. I, I'm not listen, like you said, I'm not trying to flex or anything. Mm-hmm. I just I just wanted you to know I care enough about our show and our relationship to not have you Wally Pipped. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> FF Wally Pip. What it do. Um I thought man. I was reaching back with the references. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Shout out to Spaceman there. I I did, in fact, use Peter Howard's due date database, but it turns out breakout age wasn't exactly all that accurate and and not a good model. So I'm just going to have to go and watch the tape. Um, Some have suggested that I don't do that in the delivery room, but I ain't scared. Come on, let's get it. Look, Zach scared. <laughs> like, don't do it, bro. <laughs> You're you are gonna be on the right side of the curtain, I think. There, Gabe. <laughs> oh man, come on. Uh I'm scared of moths for sure, but I, I that's one thing I know I'm afraid of. Moths. Hmm. Um have not been in a delivery room before, so I don't know you should be able if to I'm afraid of that. Fine. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, okay, moths. If scary only moths sure. scare you. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're good to go then, man. See? You won't be scared, man. When you get Thanks, in there, guys. it's not scary. It's one, of those, it's one of those things where you get in there, you adapt to your surroundings. You know, it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, it's like is- I, I can't watch gory TV, right? Like I can't watch shows where there's like people getting cut open or killed, shot, all that stuff. But – in real life, like if somebody's leg breaks in a game I'm playing, I can actually handle that. Like I can handle it real. I can't handle it fake. It's sort of weird. See what I can't handle is poop. <laughs> well, hey, never be good at something you don't want to do. <laughs> well, I got really good at it for like four or five years when my kids had it, but now it's like what I don't get is like my wife will go change other people's kids' diapers. And wow. I'm wow. like completely, I'm out, completely on out on that. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard pass. I, I don't know how, I mean, but women are After like, the oh, fact, yeah, I'll change like going I'm back, like, going back to it. She's, she's cycling back through. She, it's like, she doesn't differentiate between her kids and other kids. I'm like, I'll change my kids. I'm not changing no other kids. Yeah, your wife <laughs> had both kids at home. She is a different kind of animal. Now, I'm a stay at home. I, 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 my wife went back to work and I stayed at home. Okay. Well, hey, shout out to you. Goat, goat district always be straightest. He's always be pooping. Okay. I get it. I'm with it. And 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 that's serious business, Pete, because for for a lot of the people who have been hating uh hardcore on either stay-at-home moms or stay-at-home dads, and everyone's getting a giant dose of that right now. 
uh, all of a sudden the level of respect and admiration for what what they do. Uh, oh, you talking about the real oh, hero? My, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, and now I go to work, so I'm working from home now. And I, hands down, can't I can't yeah. I, don't, I can't do what she does, man. <laughs> the whole game's changed. The whole it game. I'm like a professional shut-in because I'm a, I was a stay-at-home dad. I still am, and I work from home. So, like, not a lot has changed for me except that everybody else is now home. Too. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's sort of like you know, personal space disappearing. But like, I, I'm an expert at what what do you call it? Like cabin fever when you're just <laughs> always at the damn house. I don't know. I, I love staying at home too, though. I love cabin fever. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's like social media and then it's like in the attic. That's my life. Pete, I think you need to open up a hotline for, for the community. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually never seen you outside of this, you know, room that you're in. Have you ever left it? <laughs> well, I was thinking about leaving towards the end of February and then things changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Guys, finally, I think I'm finally, finally ready. Had the courage. Yeah. <laughs> What's what's that? Uh, that's on uh, Shameless when that wife is like afraid to go outside. What's that? What's that called? Do you guys remember? Oh right, um, I don't know what Shameless. it's called, but yeah, I, you've uh, never seen Shameless. Those are the earlier seasons, right? Yeah, that was like right yeah. away. Okay, season no, one, I, I think. That's a weird show. Uh, maybe I watch it, I like it, but I don't binge it for some reason. Hmm. I it's always it's always I funny when I watch it. I hated my life after I watched it every single time. I'm just like, God, I feel like I'm just I wasted I feel, the whole hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel I feel better. Like like they, they, they don't have it so good, but they always seem like pretty good with it, with not having it good right. at all. Right. And, right. and it makes me feel a little bit better at least. So right. they make the best of what they got. Was it um Pippin during the, the last dance he's saying like his family like they grew up poor but they didn't know. Right. Right. Yeah exactly. Yeah. You know it's just me living, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that but that's what it's like when you're a kid, man. Your life is what life is. That's it. Mm-hmm. Until the internet happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until the internet. Well, All right. Well, yeah. Let's look. It's what are we doing here? Are we even going to introduce our guests? J. Mike, we we talk so highly of them that we like them so much that we're happy to be there with them. But we, we don't know who them are. So them are. Uh, let's start with we have to. We have to start with my my favorite executive producer of all time, possibly the only executive producer of all time. We don't know, but uh, Jake, my dude, back to the NFL draft talker. I feel like we had a part in that a little, at least a little bit. Um, so happy to have you back on, dude. Uh, I'm pumped. Hey. How, how are you? How are you doing, dude? I'm good, man. I missed you guys for sure. This is. You know, like running up to, and my son, my son just turned one last week. So, <laughs> like over a year ago, I talked to Peter, and I'm like, "Man, I think I'm gonna take a little break." <laughs> and then <laughs> this was this was it, like over a year ago. And uh, you know what? I decided to step away, pretty much in totality, except you know, just hanging on Twitter here and there. But um, everything's been good, man. I feel like it was a needed change it was a needed break and uh but i do miss this kind of interaction you know mm-hmm. yeah especially when you, when you can't have it in in the real world 
not allowed to. <laughs> and this is all that we've got. <laughs> yeah, but how many, how many, happen. how many people in your everyday life are you talking about? You know, dynasty fantasy football with. Yeah. <laughs> not not enough. Not <laughs> enough. <laughs> I do until they tell me to stop, which happens. <laughs> They're like Pete. We don't even play fantasy football. <laughs> no, that's that's exactly what happens. <laughs> Sorry, we get it. Right. Keep your twenty twenty seconds. We get it, Pete. Gosh, chill out, man. <laughs> yeah, I still see you on the Twitter though, Jake. Um, yeah, still, still protecting Alexander Madison. Still protecting protect Adam Thielen. Yeah, you, I, I swear you will never close your Twitter account just so those guys stay propped up. That's <laughs> just it. so they have a voice. Someone needs a voice. <laughs> True. Uh, and, and it's not like I, I, I don't disagree with you either. I, I don't know. I don't know where the hate's coming from for those guys, but uh, we'll get into it at some point. Anyway, uh, good to have you, man. Happy to yeah, see you again. Good to be back. Uh, Pete, the Rotobon. Vroom, vroom, daddy. Vroom. Uh, how you doing tonight? <laughs> Uh, how you doing, my my whiskey friend? I'm doing good, brother. I'm, you know, we spent so much time behind the curtain. My whiskey's almost finished. I'm gonna have to pour That's another. Yeah. But uh, things are good. Things are good. I gotta get you guys on the uh, whiskey pot. It, yeah. I mean, I, I drink. Get I feel. You. I feel. I feel like I, you know, <laughs> definitely check some boxes as far as being a guest there. I think you you check several boxes. Yeah, That's I, the first I don't know if Jay like does the whiskey or not. He, but I know, oh, I know he's, you, he's you've he, spoken of it many times. Yeah, no, Jay Mike's got the, the that Blanton's in the tuck. He, oh, okay, he, he loves himself hey. some Blanton's just here and there. But uh, I'm, I'm fairly new to that game. Yeah. The the only rule is I gotta the only rule of the show is I gotta whatever we're drinking we both gotta be drinking. So like I'm trying to okay. like get from my guests what they like and then I scamper to try to find some of it. Uh, my vote would be Japanese whiskey in, at this point in my life. My it's favorite whiskey is actually like Japanese whiskey. With it. Which it's, one? Uh, Nika. Yeah, the the uh, coffee. Coffee malt. I love that yeah, stuff. I so can't get enough. Oh, so dude, I got I to gotta find you guys my Japanese whiskey. It's delicious. I can't remember the name of it. It's a guy, I, I work for a Japanese company, so they they're, they they got really? Japanese whiskey. Yeah. Oh, they, so many yeah. people have said so many good things about it. It's like some of them are really tough to afford, though, is the thing. Yeah, I think the one I'm talking about is like seventy bucks. Yeah. Okay. But so it's not terrible, but I can break for that. But I mean, like, yeah. once you get up into the C note area, I'm you know, right. Yeah. yeah, three digits might be one too many digits. Yeah, it may be arbitrary, but you got to draw lines somewhere, man. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> um, well, let's lead that right into you, Zach. Uh, J. Mike thinks you're a newcomer to the show. You can act like that if you want um, as you're introducing yourself and, and talking about Japanese whiskey and things. But uh, welcome to the no, uh, the no, the show, man. Uh, happy to have you back for the yeah, first time. Thanks thanks for having me back on for the first time. Um, I mean, I did have to bail a little early on you guys the first time. So I'm glad you accepted me back onto the show because I, I know it was a blast the first time I was on. And, and I'm sure it's going to be a blast for these guys uh, the second time around for me. So I'm uh, I'm excited to talk some ball, man. Because yeah, I mean, you know, I got my podcast, the Dynasty Draft Room, and uh, I just wanted to give Jake a little shout out, man. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the uplift on the logo. I don't know if you guys saw the new logo or not, but uh, Jake was a big help for that. Um, we did a, we did a facelift with the with the site, so we're like, oh, we got a facelift the logo. Who should we hit up? Uh, let's let's hit up Jake. See, see what he's doing. So he did a hell of a job, and and it's got a hell of a hell of a response to it. So I'm I'm definitely happy with it, man. 
that black and red that is mighty mighty bold mighty bold i just spent 180 bucks on my apparel website because i'm like this this logo just looks too nice and that's what trips me out about jake 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 had you know he obviously he, he flipped the whole game up. Jake Anderson, PGA, you know, doing his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, said something about Q School and his bio on Twitter. <laughs> and it's like, man, I know he mad miserable behind that facade. Who <laughs> 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 my behind, man? Give me my man's back. <laughs> Give me yeah, my I, I quickly realized that Twitter was not the right avenue for the business, the golf business side of things. You know, just <laughs> LinkedIn, bro. Uh, yeah, I'll do I'll do my Facebook and Instagram and keep that kind of golf centric. But yeah, Twitter was not the right the right movement there. Well, probably when you've bird. been so invested into football for so long, like you probably pretty much only know football people that you you can't really. I mean, sure you can connect with people that that are already football that also do golf, but kind yeah. of they they're one and the same, not separate. Right. So, right. Yeah. Uh, no, and but uh, for real, shout out to you for doing because you're doing the the Avies again for Scott Fishbowl, right? I'm gonna try to. Um, okay. You know, I mean, it's 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 always hard this time of year because it's it's definitely my busy season, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Scott Fishbowl hits home like in the midst of it. But uh, yeah, we're gonna try to recruit some more guys to help out with those, just because it gets too intense. But uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna be helping out with that again, raise some money. Scott Fishbowl, man, it's here. Uh, invites went out what yesterday and today, so um, it looks like there's going to be about twelve hundred. We'll see. That number certainly can change. It has before. Looking forward to it. Um, let's see. And, and one last guest. Uh, speaking of Scots, um, super into the transition game tonight, man. Scott, <laughs> the the fantasy chill. All right, what's up, dude? How are you doing tonight? Good to have you back. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me back. And I have to say, all this talk of quarantine over the last couple months has really, it's tested the moniker of Charles Chill because it has been, it has been difficult. It is Charles, not so chill. Not so chill. I, I will say, you, you guys caught me on a good day, though, because the gym's opened back up here in Ohio, and that's like a day I've been looking forward to for – it's been at least six weeks just counting down the days, and we finally got some clarity today. So I'm I'm on that lifting high from about six hours ago, and I'm ready to roll. So I'm glad to be back. I think the, the Brussels sprouts just don't hit the same without the workout. They don't. You they be- don't. <laughs> they absolutely don't, man. My man serious, yeah, is, is serious about his Brussels sprouts. That's day one of that. Uh, I posted it yesterday. I'm only going to eat them five foods for the next 60 days. So uh, Brussels sprouts are one of them. So it's going to be uh, a little difficult. It was good today, but give it like two or three more days and I'll be probably regretting that decision. How do you cook Brussels? I just bake them. Simple. Bake yeah. them. Maybe a little make sure they're, sauce make sure they're like well that. done. You know, just a little bit of crispiness in there. Yeah. Yep. I, 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 the only way I'll cook the things is on my grill. Oh, that's not bad in yeah. the summer for, for I, sure. Yeah. I need cast iron pot on my grill, like next to whatever I'm grilling, and I can actually eat it. But I can't cook them in the house. The whole house smells like Brussels, and it's just like yeah. I can't handle 
It's an acquired smell, I would say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's quickly acquired once you put them in the oven. Yes. You guys, you guys ever do uh, burnt broccoli in the oven? Oh yeah, that's delicious. That's one yeah. of my favorite. It's got to have that crisp to it. It's it has gotta to have, have the crisp. crisp. Yeah. yeah, I do broccoli the same way. Burnt broccoli. I'm, I'm, addicted, I'm addicted to like this this big charred cast iron pot. Using it on my grill, I can't stop. It's so good. Mm -hmm. yeah, Does that fit up there in your room? <laughs> you have good ventilation up there. Or? Uh, <laughs> that allowed? The houses in New York they just built different, bro. Fire department called several times. <laughs> <laughs> Not by me. I was like, no, it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Uh, J Mike, man, what, what, what do we, what should we talk about? Are there, is there anything happening these days? People doing drafts people, uh, well, I don't know. There's all sorts. I feel like there's all sorts. And I was going to ask this group, are, are they tired of talking drafts? But when you look at everyone's podcasts and of course, uh, the tweets from the NFL draft talker, then, um, at this, we're not, we're not out of the woods yet. We're still grinding these drafts. We're still grinding these rookies. And uh, before we even get into that, we had a trade question in the chat from our long lost brother, uh, Aaron Bogan here. Uh, so shout out to you, the main, the main man himself. Um, Trey went down. He said he's not telling his side, but he wanted feedback. Kelsey and Eckler or Mari and a 21 first. I know, I know what you're already going to say, Scott, before you even say it, you need league specifics. Mm -hmm. You need no starters. You need to know if it's <laughs> I already know. I know yeah. that. My man said, know your league specs, period. But in a, in a vacuum, channeling our inner our inner Fenero here. Shout out to you, Fenero. Uh, nothing's in a vacuum. I get it. Uh, but Floby. in a vacuum. Kelsey. Floby. Kelsey. Isn't it Say a Floby? Floby, right? Is that is that what it's called? The No, no Fenero, the person. As in, no, like, no, 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 no. You're talking the, uh, the vacuum thing, the, yes. the vacuum <laughs> reference. Is that a Nothing's in a Floby. Yes, yeah. nothing's okay. in a Floby. In a Floby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Flobin oh, bar. The Flobin bar. Uh, which side Which, which side are you guys taking? Give me Coop in the first, man. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Give me Coop in the first. Um, I'll tell you, I mean, being a being more of an NFL draft guy now and kind of straying away from fantasy football a little bit, I obviously love talking fantasy football, but give me Amari in this 2021 first because I'm going to tell you right now, like I've I've studied already like 35 guys in this 21 class, and it's going to be it's gonna be a good class, dude. Um, Kelsey's getting up there in age. He's a tight end, first of all, and you know, obviously one of the better ones in the league. Um, but I really don't think Eckler's going to be putting up the production we're thinking he's going to do. Uh, you know, I, I really do think Josh Kelly's a – a solid back, and I think those two are gonna. I think he's gonna be stealing carries from Eckley this year, especially with half PPR too. Yeah, I think Jackson too. Amari. Yeah, no tight end premium that makes it really easy. Premium. Yep. Because I was thinking Amari and Kelsey are somewhat close, and then I'd rather have the the first than the Neckler. Yeah, and I'd say Amari's above Kelsey for me. I would too, especially in non non tight end premium. Yeah, and then then that twenty one first is ahead of Eckler for me too. I would J. say Mike and I have been talking. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. Uh, J. Mike and I have been talking about when to uh, sell sell guys at, at kind of their peak, and because they won't be the same kind of next year. And, and I feel like Eckler's one of those guys for me. I, I I can't really see him going much 
uh, kind of, you know, up than this because he just kind of is what he is. Unless we're expecting like a, a Camara type of expectation for for that, then sure. But I don't know. I, I don't see it. Like like you said, Zach, um, they they drafted a running back. I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again next year. Uh, I I wouldn't feel safe with Eckler being like consistently involved in the offense and being uh, incredibly efficient, like he has. Yeah, I kind of agree with uh, Tyler's comment in the chat though that. And this may be a hot take, but I've started to I'm starting to become pretty tied. You're gonna probably hear a lot of this over the next couple months for me. Wide receivers don't matter in Dynasty anymore. We're starting to get down to the point where, you know what, there's just so many of them. I mean, I've seen teams built with not even a top twenty receiver. And if they have advantages in other positions, I think that's where you can leverage, you know, you look now at what did we just add? Seventeen receivers in the first two days of the NFL draft and talking about 12, 15 more next year, at what point do they start to get saturated to where, you know, you're going down the line, look at, just check out an ADP list and you can go 80 to 90 deep of receivers that are relevant in fantasy. Now that doesn't mean they're necessarily guys people want to trade for, but I just think it's starting to become saturated. The targets are getting spread out. Very rarely now can you predict who's going to be, who's going to be the guy that goes from, you know, can you project a guy to go from 130 targets to 150, 160? I Tyler, think you can make oh, the leap man. to get him to 120, 130, but I don't know if you can necessarily project him to become really, really elite. That's what you're looking for in a hit. So I don't know. Maybe just a I see what you're saying. That. Like that, I mean, that definitely it, you're not, you know, you're not not making sense. I could definitely I can definitely get on board with what you're saying, but man, Amari Cooper, Tyler is the third best wide receiver on his team. Yeah. <laughs> How disrespectful! How absolutely disrespectful! It's starting to feel <laughs> like Amari's becoming a trade target for me, just because I've heard so much sell action on him, like, yeah. and I and I love Lamb, but mm-hmm. if you can get Amari at a decent discount now, it feels like you might want to test those waters. If people think think Lamb's just going to take everything away from Amari now, like that's I really don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, Lamb's a Hell of a prospect, but I mean, Amari Cooper is, I mean, he's one of the best route runners in the game. He's got really good. I mean, I think, I think he's, he's still young. Players. He's still yeah. relatively young, you know? I mean, I mean, you could argue him top 10. I mean, I think maybe just a little bit outside that, but you, you could still argue him top 10. I think sometimes a lot of people are so high on Gallup that they've sort of downgraded Amari for no real reason. Sure. And, and I think people are too high on Gallup personally. Me too. Well, I think it's like too. I you can trade that he's some that he's going to be a superstar. And I don't really see it. I think this deal you can trade Austin Eckler for a 2021 first. So do that, and now you're looking at: Would you rather have the advantage of Kelsey versus the other tight ends, or Amari? That that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And I look at this league; you can only start four receivers. To me, I, that Amari I doesn't a, give me any advantage at all. I have a feeling like Kelsey was the prominent piece that that guy's right. probably targeting. You know, right. he's probably a little bit older trying to go for the championship. I don't know if he's going to be doing just, you know, Eckler just for a first, which I agree with you there maybe. I mean, it, it depends what your needs are and what kind of window your team is in, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I have a team where if I could land Eckler, I, it would sort of it would put me right in the – in the contender slot, put me right up in the top two or three teams. So he'd be worth more to me on that team than any of my others. So now are we worried about Eckler's just reception um, 
Yes. Talk about it. I'm terrified for it. Upside. I mean, yeah. we're, we're going from 100 targets to 60. And the quality of targets is going down. Yeah. The whole I mean, offense isn't going to be quite as good. So. Rivers is a savant when it comes to feeding running backs. Well, the the thing I feel is a little bit funny, and it's like everybody's completely out on Keenan Allen, but I don't feel like Eckler's getting that same level of treatment. Like, to me, I think Keenan Allen is so good that he's going to produce regardless, and I know it's going to probably be less volume, but he's another guy that I feel like is a prime trade target right now because he's like every single person – is down on the Chargers offense, and I get that. But I think Keenan is that kind of level receiver where he's going to get his production regardless almost of the situation. Yeah, and I think, you know, Rivers fed Allen and they worked well together, but Rivers confined his route tree a little bit. A stronger on quarterback will expand his route tree, I think, and a mobile quarterback perhaps even further. So um, the big plays for Keenan, the bigger yardage plays – we could see more of those without Rivers, even though the volume could come down, even though the efficiency could come down. Um, the big plays could come up. Possible. I think, you could, I think also something that is being underrated that right now I want to have picks going into this season because we don't know what the impact's going to be with the virus stuff. We don't know how many players are going to get it, if play's going to be suspended. I don't want to be a team that doesn't have those extra assets in reserve. So that may lean towards getting extra draft picks. So I would definitely look to flip Eckler for a first if I could, um, just because I, you know I want to go into this season with multiple extra picks. Because if I need to bail myself out because of an unexpected, you know, injury or unexpected, you know, something that happens just because of the circumstances right now, I want to have a lot of extra flexibility. So I do think, you know, that any deals involving picks I think are a little more preferred for me at this point over the summer. You know, in on my dynasty teams. On a bit of a side note, would you also want to trade out of this year's draft because those rookies aren't going to have the same type of you know preparedness going into the season and possibly just the same season that a rookie would have? Would you be willing to just trade out of this cl- like this amazing class willingly? I mean, I've found it. I've already completed forty-five rookie drafts, and I've found it oh very. God. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I you found say it every week on your pod, and I still. I'm sorry. This guy finds time, time to go to the gym, guys. This guy. Finds <laughs> time to go to the gym. Hey, he's a little different, man. My man Scott F- is a grinder. Yeah. Grinder. F F Hustle Sprouts. I mean, that's hardcore. If you're, I found it difficult this year when you get into the, you know, second round of drafts to trade out for future picks and you look at the profiles of the players you're passing up for that. You're having trouble trading out of the second? Well, I mean, you know what? If I'm trading out of a pick where I'm going to take T. Higgins or yeah. Henry Ruggs, I want a future first. And they, the offers oh, yeah. haven't been there as an abundancy as much as I thought they would be. I thought I, I would be – so I found myself with tons of shares of those because you know, early second-round receivers. players keep falling. You know, right. like that middle of the second is still good, and then the end of the second is still good. Right. <laughs> so, like, I, I don't think people are willing – because they're like, oh, I'll just get the next guy. I'll trade up for Chenault at the middle of the second, you know. Well, and, and people see that 207, and they go, well, I can't give up a first for that. Right. Yet the profile <laughs> that they're picking really was probably good. equivalent to the – you know, 109 last year. And 
It's just the disconnect hasn't been – I haven't had that luck of being able to trade out for as many future picks as I wanted. So I've been on a ton of these, you know, second-round receivers just because that's the, you know, the best profile there. There are like four receivers going in the second round consistently that I have ranked higher just on a grade than Treadwell was a couple years ago. And that guy went like right at the top. One so. two. Yep. Why are you, why you bring up Treadwell? Why? <laughs> no, no, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, I was so pumped when For sure. Uh, but right to the heart, dude. The, the middle of the second hurt. round is crazy. I mean, I. I I got if I've got rugs on the board in the second, I'm just taking them. I'm not even trying to trade out. Just give it to me. Yep. And, and Scott, obviously, you, you've done a lot more drafts, so you probably have a better sample size than I do. But I just, I just completed a draft um, yesterday, and actually, no, I'm sorry, it was this morning, four rounds, and this was the one draft that people like second rounders. It was so much action, and I feel like, like you're saying, a lot of people are like, "No, I'm good. Like, I want my, I'll take this pick. I like what I'm getting. Like, you can keep whatever." 2021 first. I'm like, "Ah, oh, no, I think I'm good. Like, <laughs> I'll take Levisca at 209. This works for me. I'm okay." Um, whereas in some drafts, excuse me, in, in this draft, and I and I found it so interesting because it's a league that that doesn't have quite the uh, activity a, as most in terms of just kind of. The, the week to the week and the constant chatter going that, you know, how you have some of those leagues. This isn't one of those leagues that has that constant chatter, but for, for four days, I mean, it's, it was nonstop people like giving, giving the world to get to their guys in the second round. So, um, I, and, and this is kind of what we anticipated is that league to league. We, I think we had a pretty good idea that things were going to look very different. So in some leagues, you're going to be able to get Darrington Evans at 307. And in some leagues, he's going to be gone at 205. Like it, it's 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 all over the place. And that's what's made a lot of this uh, really hard to put put a finger on, even if you're trying to scan ADP for DLF. Shout out for the home team, because uh, we are, you know, a DLF uh, podcast. Our team. <laughs> we laugh about <laughs> Thanks, ADP. Matt Price, if you're still watching. Uh, no. It's crazy, man. I don't even yeah, look. It's bonkers. It's bonkers. <laughs> yeah, so, Gibson, yeah, Gibson just went at 205 in a, in a league I'm in. Ooh. A buddy of mine yeah. said he went in the first round of his league last week. Wow. Man. First freaking round. I, I was just That's looking psychic. at all these uh, wide receiver drafts, by the way, in the first round. Like, the NFL has butchered it ever since 2014 like it has just been awful like y'all started talking about Shredwell and I, I was wondering about just like were they drafting wide receivers in in the first round that year because of the previous year's success nope um because Amari Cooper was the only good one there Kevin White Devontae Parker finally broke out in year uh whatever what five cool Aguilar <laughs> Perriman he broke out with uh Jameis Winston hucking up um uh, who knows what? And then Corey, Col- we obviously know the Corey Coleman, Josh Doxson, Treadwell, Will Fuller is meh. Gee whiz. Like, are, are y'all scared at all? Like with, I, I know we are excited about this class and everything, but just kind of knowing that and, you know, that, I don't know, people kind of do this for a living. They scout players and they think they're good and stuff and they draft them to professional football teams. So y'all worried about any of these first round wide receivers? Is it possible that like, the majority of them bust. I mean, I know we're in it now and we've been excited for it, but like, what's the difference? 
I think it's hard to like just get drafted in the first round and have those expectations and a lot of like those teams have those holes to be filled and they need production like right away usually. So they're kind of getting thrown into a situation where they're expected to perform at a high level pretty quickly. And then you get the second and third, you know, round wide receivers and they're probably, you know, they can take time to develop. They don't have as much pressure on them. I don't know that throwing that out there, but that could be part of it. Yeah. Well, and the people that, like I said, were hesitant to trade in, you know, to the middle of the second round to grab one of these receivers, you know, their uh, the narrative has really grown over the last month that, Hey, these rookies are going to have a steep learning curve. They're not going to make as quick of an impact. So I think that's caused a lot of people hesitancy to trade into these drafts. But I think at the same time, if I look at, you know, some of the profiles of the players that are going in that range, do they get credit for basically a redshirt season next year at this time? So even if they don't necessarily make a quote unquote impact, we're sitting here next year in May and, you know, say a guy only plays 20% of the snaps or something like that as a rookie. And are you really going to downgrade him from a value standpoint because he did have that steep learning curve, no OTAs, no mini camp, limited training camp. So I look at it as, you know, I'm investing in, say I invest in, you know, take someone like Brian Edwards you know, we don't know a lot about his health. So, but is his value going to drop from now until next year if he doesn't make much of an impact? I think a lot of these players are going to be forgiven value-wise because of what's going on. So it works both ways. You know, you're hesitant to trade for him because they're not going to make an early impact. But I don't think we're going to lose a lot of value on these guys where, you know, I don't think we're going to get many Paris Campbells, J.J. Arcega, Whitesides, Andy Isabella's where, you know, a year later they're down, you know, a 200% in value from last year. So it's kind of a, a give or take, depending on what side you're on. I, uh, the guys that scare me this year, are the guys who, if we end up with a lost season, are, are not special in any way. I, I'm worried about the guys where another rookie comes in behind them and I'm worried about it. So, you know, guys like Keyshawn Vaughn scare the shit out of me because if it's a lost season and they reshuffle the deck, Keyshawn Vaughn get taken out by a third round running back next year. So those are, guys, those are the guys that scare me, guys like that. And that's um, hmm. I'm not trying to diss T-shirt on. I actually think he's a decent. Yes, running you back. are. No, I'm really not. <laughs> but, but he's not special. Dis away, man. Dis away. <laughs> no, yes, most overhyped rookie in Diss such away. a great class. I can't. Yeah. I just can't imagine. Taking him as early as he's going. It's crazy. Why is AJ Dillon going six to eight picks behind Keyshawn Vaughn? Explain well, that to me. I mean, never see me do that. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn is better than Dillon, but what's he better at Dillon at? Everything on his profile is worse except for his landing spot. That's the only thing propping up Vaughn. It's ridiculous uh, that he's jumped into the first round. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I mean, he should not be in the first round, though. He should not be in the first round. That's for sure. I, Zach, I, what, were you, what were you about to say when um, I feel like you had a point you were about to make at some point in that? I think it was something about Keyshawn Vaughn. I forget now. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it comes back, bring, bring it back. Feel free to. Uh, before we run too far away – I'm going to take us back for (laughs) – I want to go back for a second. Uh, There was a discussion I was having with a couple of uh, FF friends. Shout out to a couple of of my compadres, kamikaze. Um, I've got – so Berg, obviously you guys know David Berger, 
Emmy Award, Emmy Award winning producer in the building, uh, as well as Robbie Jeffries, who was just here a week ago or two weeks ago. I can't remember. Time flies. Um, but we were discussing, uh, trying to figure out what's the difference. Oh, and Cody from TFA, Cody Kutzer. If I left him out, he'd be so upset. <laughs> what up, Cody? Uh, so from um, we were discussing Keenan Allen, obviously, with all the changes going on. And, and we were talking through what's the difference in terms of value between Keenan Allen in a changing situation and Brandon Cooks. And while you guys chew on that for a second, so if you're if you're making a trade for either one, what are you adding to either person, depending on how you feel? I don't know. What are you adding to either person from a pick standpoint to get the other? Now, this is kind of where I had landed or where we landed in our discussion. Um, so so quiet as it's kept, the last three seasons, Keenan Allen's been relatively healthy. And by relatively healthy, I mean he's missed like three games in the last three years. And I want to just throw this out for you guys. Keenan Allen's targets the last three seasons, 159, 136, 149. Those are his targets in the last three seasons, all of which put him over 1,100 yards, basically on the doorstep of 1,200. He had 1,196 in 2018 and 1,199 in 2019. So basic in almost 1,400 yards in 2017. So you, so in, in, in Los Angeles, we know we're getting the lion's share of targets to Keenan Allen. And if everything that we know about targets being earned uh, says anything, we know that Keenan Allen's got the lion's share. He's going to be good for, what, 125 targets, probably minimum, right? Brandon Cooks, uh, everywhere Brandon Cooks goes, now this is team number four that he's about to don. Everywhere Brandon Cooks goes, we know that we're getting uh, over 1,000 yards. We know we're getting probably right around six touchdowns. Last season was a little bit different. He got hurt. Um, you know, th Things were weird in L.A., but he's going to give you 1,000-plus yards, about six touchdowns a year. Uh, now he's landing in what we think is a pretty nice situation with Deshaun Watson. Um, but again, in terms of people getting on the same page, all these different things, I'm curious, what's the difference between those two guys for you all? You'd have to give me a lot in addition to Cooks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cook was, Cooks was damn near free before he went to the Texans. And I think, one – doesn't he have four or five concussions? Like that's that's, that's a serious, serious, serious. You can make all those concussions go well, away. I Keenan Allen's something. injury prone too. Remember? No, he's not. I, that I, was the I, most I, overblown injury prone <laughs> label of all time. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm glad <laughs> you're fucking with concussions me. Concussions are fucking. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, was was <laughs> I was about to get throat punched over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was coming for your neck. But also, I think it's different from Keenan staying with the same team, a lot of the same coaching staff, than a wide receiver changing new teams. You know, yes, he's going to have a new quarterback, but he's still with the same organization. Uh, I think that's a much difficult, much more difficult hill to climb, changing a, a team than it is, you know, just changing your quarterback. Yeah, I mean, so, so done it a couple times though, so we got to give him, at least give him credit for that, right? That's so true. just to just to probe you guys and Zach and Scott, I still want to hear from you all on this. But Pete and Jake, you essentially you're saying you need like a 21 first to go with Cooks if you're coming off of Keenan, or do you need more? I, than I, feel, that? I feel like Brandon Cooks is as sad as it is, and I think he has been undervalued. 
is almost a throwing type of player. Right. Wow. Like, okay. I, I agree. You're not in a second. You're not in a you're not I'm not talking Brandon players. Cooks. He, the, the concussions are a big deal. You're taking like okay. a third round flyer for Brandon Cooks right now. I mean, that's wow. what. I mean, listen, that's that's the reality of the situation. We got it. We do have to get past of what you have done in the past and what is, you know, what we can actually expect in the future. And I don't know if we can put a lot of faith in in him staying healthy and producing like he has his whole career. It feels Jordan Reedy to me at this point. It does. I, Maybe I'm wrong, but it's it's just not something I I, I I like that dart throw, but yeah, well that's you the get him for cheap. He's got to get him for cheap. Yeah, if somebody offered me cooks for cheap, I'd say yeah, sure, I'll take cooks for cheap because the upside, if he happens to stay healthy, is very nice. Mm -hmm. um, he fits really well with that quarterback, but you know what? The second concussion was an extended absence, if I'm not mistaken. And whenever well, you whenever you start yeah. seeing those long concussions, where it's where it's three, four weeks, that's dangerous. And they also have Kenny Stills. They also have Will Fuller. He's a little bit of a redundant asset in that offense. Yeah, He's not sure. the only guy stretching the field there. It's true. I mean, yeah, even Will Fuller, too. I mean, but if you want to look at it from, from a talent, talent standpoint, I mean, Brandon Cooks, in my opinion, never rivaled Keenan Allen when it comes to talent overall. I mean, you look at his his route running ability. I mean, I, I feel like people talk about this like day in, day out. Like this dude is one of the best route runners to ever hit the field, um, and it's true. I mean, he, his savviness in his routes is unbelievable, and he's got some pretty damn good hands too. And he's not injury prone. I think we made that clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you. You kind of player, man. And he was he was always better than Brandon Cook. So I mean, if you're talking about Keenan Allen now, Brandon Cooks. I mean, you're looking at Keenan Allen here, Brandon Cooks. I mean, you can't even see my hand. It's off the screen. Like, it's it's a huge drop off there. The, the one thing I would say for Cooks is he's finally playing with a quarterback that's really got some downfield ability. He played with a, an older Breeze, an older Brady, a Goff. Um, it's nice. Now he's got a quarterback who can extend plays and really sling the biscuits. So it's yeah. too bad. It's yeah, too Pete. bad for Young cooks. You're not, you're not wrong there, man. I, I would agree with you there. I, I de you're definitely not wrong, but um, I, I forget, you know, Jake or Pete, one of you two said it. It's like they got they got stills, they got Fuller, they got, you know, Kuti, they got all these other guys that are that are similar molds of wide receivers. Like you just kind of have an abundance of the same type of wide receiver, you know. Yeah. Cooks you, know who's, you know who's different though. You know who's different though, as far as where he will be positioned uh, on the field is Cobb. He he's gonna play the slot more than any of those guys. He's going to play the slot like 90% of the time probably. Is is it possible that he is like the most reliable and also like the cheap? I mean, Stills yeah. is probably oh, cheaper, but maybe the most like not by much, reliable? Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I see him walking into 100 targets pretty easily, you know? Yeah. He's another guy who fits the quarterback. You know, Cobb's really good when the play breaks down and Watson breaks plays down. But that's that's also <laughs> probably a player that's just – and I've always been a Randall Cobb fan, but he's probably in the point of his career where he's a really good NFL player. I don't know if you're going to be feeling great about sticking him into your starting lineup, you know. Randall Cobb forever. No Randall Cobb slander I love, here. Too. I love Randall. Hey, you will not hear it from me. I nice. love Randall Cobb. I mean, the the worst thing about Randall Cobb is that he played in Green Bay. That's about it. <laughs> the uh, for, from from an ADP standpoint, just to give you guys a quick heads up, um, Keenan Allen. Where are you getting this receiver. ADP, J. Mike? Hey, DLF. Hey, <laughs> you, you watching the live show? 
Uh, we've been watching a live show. You know, we're, we, Gabe and I, the, the sole co-owners now of DLF. So, Ryan, move out the way. Everybody else, I need to go. I'm not going to get invites to Scott Fishbowl, bro. <laughs> be careful. You'll be like, what are they talking about? Just ask Matt Price. He's the one. Talk to Matt Price about it. <laughs> um, Did you guys – sorry for – sorry, I got to sneak this. Did you guys see the – what Scott sent to Derek? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Incredible. So to uh, – uh, Derek, the FFRX. Uh, Derek. Yeah. He, um, he sent him an email saying, you are officially not invited. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just to bust chops, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so good, man. Because they always play this thing that Scott hates Derek, and it was just. <laughs> you are uninvited. Because he shows it in his notifications. And on the email alert, all you can see is you are formally not invited. <laughs> That's a pretty good troll. That's a great troll. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen's wide receiver 20, and Brandon Cooks. Uh, any guesses where he, where he land? 37. No, lower. Probably lower. 51. 49, 51 range. Wide receiver. Forty-seven. 44. He is he's nestled behind Brandon. I thought, he may have gone, I thought he may have gone up a bit since that since that. Yeah, I was I was just about to ask when the trade went down. What didn't the trade go down before the draft? Or, yeah. or no? Okay. So so he's nestled behind Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca uh, Chenault, and Nikhil Harry. And he is in front of Mike Williams. Miko. I saw good. Miko Hardman and Deontay Johnson. Mistake. Stake on all three of those, especially Miko and Deontay, for sure. He's at least better than Brandon. Brandon, I, I you though. So, J. Mike, you mentioned. <laughs> if you guys talk, I, like, I like Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. But I was gonna say you mentioned what one one forty nine and one fifty nine, right? Two of the three last years in his targets, right? For Keenan, for Keenan, yeah, yep. So I mean, um, look at last year. Twenty four guys had between one hundred and twenty and one hundred and forty targets. Four players had more than 148. So we're talking if he's down at the 136 Rangers, I think we can anticipate that the volume is going to be a little lower from last year, right? In, in in Los Angeles, regardless of who the quarterback is, especially if it's Tyrod for longer, I think the volume has a potential to be even lower. He's not in special range anymore. If he's getting 130 targets, that is not special. There's going to be 30 guys. Yeah, but he's wide receiver 20. I get that, but I guess my point is if I can get the first plus Cooks and then maybe cook, turn Cooks into a first, process-wise, I am taking that all day because I can replace the top 24 receiver production for even less than a first if I'm pretty savvy. So I'm looking at it more of uh, Keenan's not a buy for me, especially if the narrative keeps going that his targets are going to go down. I think it's out there, but like J. Mike said, if he's if he gets 135 targets, that's pedestrian. There's going to be 30 other guys that get 130 targets or 125 targets. So, what, what's our rationale for saying the targets are going to go down? Just they're going to throw less, or I mean, Rivers was up there in the top players. five in pass attempts last year. He passed it what 591 times. I mean, I right. don't see the really comment. Tyrod. Right? Tr- true, but I mean, do we right. do we really care if we're just looking at targets and we're just looking at? I mean, I guess the point about his yards could go up potentially, right. or his yards could get matched. Yeah, I guess I'm just looking at it from if he, you sit there and say, well, I want a guy that's going to get 135 targets. That sounds great. It's just not special. It's not. I'm going to add a first rounder onto Cooks for 
you know, Keenan Allen. I, instead of doing that deal, I mean, shop it for 15 other players and see if you can get it cheaper before I pull the trigger, I guess. So that feels like to me that you're you're almost ready to sell Keenan for just a first. I think there will be if you try to shop it Keenan Allen for a first in some drafts, I don't think you could have gotten it this year. Ooh. I mean, how many people how many people are trading CD oh, Lamb right. for Keenan Allen? Well, not Jaylen, CD, maybe not I, CD, but I mean, in Superflex late, late later first. In Superflex, Judy Lamb Rager, that's 109, 110, 111. I mean, yeah, is I this Keenan over those guys though? Is this season a unique time to where you, where we might want to start trading twenty-eight-year-old players, twenty-seven-year-old mm. players, because we feel like we might not get this season out of them? Mm. And I, that's, be, I mean, that's I, what I'm I was just, saying earlier because yeah, I mean, throwing it out there. I, I think if you have a team that's stock full, let's say you had six picks in the top twenty-four of this year's draft, and you drafted five rookie receivers, you're not feeling confident about the production you're going to get year one from those guys. But, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, is there a rookie receiver in this draft that you feel good about as a rookie? I, I can't think of one. Judy like, posting numbers this I'm, year. I'm, I'm pretty confident in Lamb too, with the volume that Dallas is going to have. I mean, I'm not talking about 120 plus targets, but I wouldn't be shocked if Lamb got to 100. So you think so I would I mean, say Jefferson or Mims? Yeah. Let's put it this way: Is there a receiver? Is there a rookie receiver that's going to be a top 36 receiver this year? Yeah, Lamb and Jefferson for me. Definitely. I think Judy, I think, Ru- I think Ruggs could be, be too. 36? I don't I think, think he's top 30. I don't see Jefferson being top 36 unless Thielen gets hurt. That's fair. I don't know about that. Yeah, I disagree with that too. I mean, and, and I love Jefferson. Don't get me wrong. I, I think he, I No, think I know you do. He's one or two. I love him. Yeah. I, that, I, that I, just, I, think, I think sometimes we get a little bit too enamored on – windows to sell players and i don't think we need to constantly churn and be so afraid of losing out on a player's value supposed value and production at some point becomes more valuable than getting out you know what i'm saying to tyler's in the chat ask tyler if i churn players back off jake's point there (laughs) it's you know getting off of these 28 year olds and whatnot but i feel like we we get too excited for these rookies man like we're selling these rookies, or I'm sorry, we're selling these veterans who have produced for us in the past for rookies that haven't done anything yet. Like, you know, maybe it's time to buy some of these guys for some of these for these young cats. You know, well, I mean? we, we say rookies hold their value, and in general, they do. Yeah. But look at Andy Isabella. Look at Nikhil Henry. Exactly. Look at JJ or Sega Whiteside, who was a first late first rounder in a lot of drafts last year. Like these guys are not holding value. Like you have Whiteside to have some level. You have to have some level of production in your first year to at least sustain i mean you, you or at might, least a story of hope right or at least a story right. of okay it, this is going to get better i picked i picked isabella off of waivers in a 14 team league like wow. people well, are well, the, on these guys i was never good stuff you don't drop them after one year not no. in that office will the virus stuff give these guys a pass because i you know what i don't care about production if the 11 over owners in my league still value the guy where I drafted him at. It depends mm. if the virus thing actually makes an impact. I don't think it's going to make much of an impact, to be honest with you. Well, I mean, team facilities are opening up. They're going to start ratcheting up. Like, the NFL is going to do what yeah. the NFL is going to do. Like, I don't think this is stopping the NFL. Well, positive players testing positive are not going to play. We agree on that, right? Yes. Okay. Great. So, I, you know, to me, it's a big unknown. We don't know how many players are going to be testing positive. 
And here's the thing. What happens if one team gets hot in a bad way, meaning they got a bunch of guys? Sure. Like if one team has a significant yeah. problem, they can't just let that team not play. Right. Well, so well, the, and what if a what if the nature of the schedule of the schedule is a problem? What if a quarterback goes down, misses Ooh. three or four weeks Ooh. in the middle? I mean, I guess I'm just writing narratives where, you know, let's say a quarterback goes down. Do you do you basically forgive the whole entire season for the offense if a quarterback goes down for four weeks and doesn't ever get to work with his rookie receiver, and then it's you know week six? <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's the. You're right about the impact. We can't predict what the impact's going to be, but I think, I think if you're bank on this stuff, but it's an interesting conversation for sure. Well, Look, that's why it's a that's real why thing. I said before about mm-hmm. I, if I'm taking deals like this, I want to load up on. I want to have insurance on my teams. So if I think there's a player that I can pivot off of Keenan Allen to, and pick up a future first round pick. Now, maybe Brandon Cooks isn't going to produce what Keenan Allen is. I think the big gap in value is that we have no idea what Brandon Cooks is going to do. Mm-hmm. But we could maybe write a narrative where he's a top 24 receiver, potentially, possibly. If he so, plays 16 games, sure. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I look at it as, you know, if I can get a good value deal, I don't mind selling a guy like Keenan Allen because there's going to be players available. Here's the other thing. I mean, if you have extra picks – what happens if, you know, there's always that fade place of the season where teams start selling out cheap. You know, what if they're willing to sell you Adam Thielen for a second rounder in the season? You can replace Keenan Allen's production. You're sitting on the future first, and you potentially can replace the same exact production you were going to get from Keenan Allen. So I don't know. I, I don't think we can look ahead and say, well, you know, the guy's going to be a top 20 receiver, so I'm going to take the deal. I think we have well, to look a little bit deeper. He's at wide receiver 20. I think it's more because of that age threshold yes. that he's getting close to it's not because he's going to be wide receiver 20 i think he's still going to flirt with top 12 wide receiver this year and Fair. we haven't even talked about the fact that allen might be playing with a rookie quarterback x number of games for all we know it could be 16 that's never good well and the the the, the reason his values dropped a little bit i think is because rivers moved on and we don't know yeah. what the situation is going to look like what if justin herbert isn't isn't all that and they're looking at the same situation next year with the shaky quarterback situation. Yeah, I, so I, I, he, he may never you. have any stability in his career anymore. And even if Herbert's like not, not good necessarily, maybe he can be good, whatever. But is he going to throw um, as much as much as uh, Tyrod would, would throw? Yeah, he's not going to throw as much as Rivers, you know, because Herbert, Herbert runs the ball too. Not, not nearly as much as Tyrod. I, I get it. But like he certainly is not going to throw as much as Philip Rivers. And, and I think it's fair to say that he's not going to get the same amount of volume in general with Mike Evans there, with Eckler there, with uh Hunter Henry there. Like and, and the if fact I'm a that Keenan he's Allen owner, to be I kind want, of like not good and inaccurate and all this stuff. Like I don't know. That's tough. I want Justin Herbert in there ASAP if I'm a Keenan Allen owner. Yeah. I don't want Tyrod Taylor. That, no, absolutely. That's, that's guaranteed low volume. No, that's absolutely guaranteed that's guaranteed. Yeah, that's but I'm saying But it's a downgrade from Philip Rivers. It's gotta be. Yeah, for sure. Philip Rivers was not Just good. Volume wise. Volume wise, sure, but Philip Rivers was not good last year. He was yeah. as bad as Winston. Let's not forget that. He's a style fit mm-hmm. for Keenan, though. That's the thing. These other two guys are not. That's yeah. the problem I'm seeing. Is that Keenan's uh, he's he's a timing route guy. He's a He's a small window, but predictable window guy. And I don't know if these two quarterbacks fit that. 
Pete, I just want to run, run back to your to your comment earlier about any of the rookies being top 36 this year. Just, oh, boy, just J-Mike. Pulling. Here we go with the top 36. <laughs> no, I'm not even going to that. I'm not even doing that. The it was research. an arbitrary number. You, the you, research. You I was running that research. I love his <laughs> quotes going on the bar line here. <laughs> and, and 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 as uh as as Scott as I as I told Scott we were doing the same tracking uh over the season and we didn't know it but he he was I think I threw out a tweet and then literally he was doing a show on it the same day it was funny how that worked out but just when we tracked those top thirty six finishes basically where you know how often people were doing it things of that nature but if you look at the wide receiver thirty six last season in PPR let me make sure I've got this set to regular season yep regular season PPR. Uh, it was Curtis Samuel was wide receiver 36 with 106 targets, 54 catches, and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. And he had 19 rushes for 130 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So I, I, I'm curious. And, and, I, and I, I tried to dip my toe into projections last year. Peter Howard was helping me out. Shout out to Peter. He's in the chat. Um, I'm just not I'm not grinding enough to be like in that. So I just leave that to the smart people who are really killing that. But I'm curious in terms of this rookie class who we could look at getting you know, um, above the 100 target threshold. And if they're getting over 100 targets, they can fool around and bump their head on on that area because uh, behind behind Curtis Samuel, I see only two other people who had over 100 targets. But we're not top thirty-six receivers. Just as a, just to throw that out. I think and last year was was a bit of an outlier as far as rookie wide receivers getting in that top thirty-six. I mean, you're right, uh, Pete. It doesn't really happen. Um, I mean, it hasn't really happened like that well since uh, that twenty fourteen class. Um, you know, AJ Brown, Debo Samuel, Terry McLaurin, like that's pretty prolific for that to even happen that many to get inside the top 36 is pretty impressive so yeah it's not necessarily fair to put a rookie inside there but i think there are a few situations to where it could happen certainly i, I would say the best shot is probably Pittman. Hmm. that I, just in terms of a guy who's going to start and potentially i mean if Pittman were to play well he could do it um but these other guys i mean and you know lamb i think might need an injury judy is playing in a team with a lot of guys. Jefferson's playing on a team that doesn't like to throw. Ruggs is playing on a team that's largely undefined. Rieger's playing <laughs> on a team with a lot of guys. You know, it's just, it's just, you know, Ayuk is a little bit raw. I I just don't see any of these guys coming in and commanding major target loads, either based on them as a player or the situation they're in. I think How about Lamb's Mims? a lot for Mims? over 100. I think How about who? Mims. Mims is the one guy I would not touch with a 10-foot pole. He's my one receiver I'm just absolutely <laughs> out on. He's not even on my board. Wow, this is why he's not hot, J. Mike. <laughs> no, I'm just not a Mims guy. I, I understand that why? there's a lot to like. Why but, don't you like Mims? Why don't I like Mims? Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. I You know, I just when I watched him, he didn't have much separation. I didn't see enough that I liked. I like the ball skills. I like the measurables. But I just... He I think he's a little bit under. I think he's a little bit underrated as a route runner. To be honest, he's hundred percent underrated as a route runner. And I'm gonna I don't tell think you, the routes, 
I don't think the routes were terrible, but there, I mean, the separation wasn't there. That's what I'm getting at. It's these little nuances that you got to look for. I mean, it's the it's the subtle little arm tap on the trailing arm. You know, like it's the guy just to just to drop just a little bit, and all of a sudden he's, you know, he's got the ball right over his shoulder. Yeah, but is that kind of nuance going to work on or Sunday? Yeah, or I don't know. Yeah, that's I don't what know. NFL route runners do, or he's pacing his route just enough where he can use his his length to extend and, and catch the ball. I'm I'm all for it. He's a phenomenal contested catch guy too, and I mean, I think yeah, there's, but those there's are all skills that play drop. better on Saturday than Sunday. True, Here's but a- I don't, I don't think he's like there was a lot of contested catch wide receivers in this class. I don't think he yeah. was one of those guys that I mean, we, he showed his athleticism. Oh, he's not. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a dog, but if I have to use a first round pick to get Mims, I'm out. No way. I don't think he's no a There's too many that. guys who I know are good. No, oh, but you're getting him in the middle second. I mean, yeah, I haven't seen that. Here's my second. worry on Mims. He's, he's old. IU. He's going to be 23 in October. If he doesn't hit right away, we're now looking at a 24 year old next year that didn't do anything early on. From a value probably, standpoint, he's probably playing on a new coaching staff that didn't but, take him. Potentially, but you know what? I look at Higgins and Ruggs and Rager and Lamb and Judy. These guys just turned 21. They have a lot more leeway to absorb a season with COVID impact or maybe lack of production early. So, I mean, if you're looking at a draft, I mean, I will take Ruggs over Mims all day, all night. Me too. Just because I think, you know, someone like Ruggs actually has a chance to – would you be shocked if he's one of the top three targeted rookie receivers this year? I mean, this may yeah. be, you know, one of his higher end target seasons j- until the other receivers there establish themselves. But I think he has a shot to get top top thirty six this season. Well, and we thought Tyler was talking about um, allegedly. J Mike told me this privately on the side that, that said, "Hey, Tyler said in in the so called chat that uh, C D Lamb was the wide receiver one in Dallas, and he was going to get all the targets or whatever." I mean. That like is a bit much because there are two very good wide receivers already there. But like you're saying with rugs and you know, sure, Mims, I think uh, you, you could argue that they already are the best wide receiver on their team on their team. And I, I will say, Scott, that you're wrong about rugs because the number one wide receiver in Las Vegas right now is Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards I mean, every, everyone knows that. <laughs> Come on. And that's what I was going to say. I think you're choosing. I think the value-wise, is, is, it's mostly like Ayuk, Mims, or Edwards. I don't think I don't think Mims is in that category with Higgins or even Chenault necessarily. What category? It's just from a value, from like ADP standpoint of where you're going to get these guys in your drafts. Yeah. Okay. So it's usually yeah. Pittman, Higgins, and then it starts to get into that's where Mims comes off the board. It's at at the lowest wide receiver. Now, six. Is, is, should Mims be like? I think because I think Mims is interesting in that group of Brian Edwards and Ayuk. Like that's where he becomes interesting to me. Yeah. Same here. Well, I, just, I take the other guys over Mims personally, but I you know I I, I get the upside factor. I get yeah. it. Get yeah. out, Pete. Get out. <laughs> this is a Mims pod. I would never call someone stupid for taking Denzel Mims. He's got tons of ceiling. He's super physical, too. Expand on, this, class, uh, this class has so many high-floor players. That's the thing. Yes, yes. To expand on J. Mike's point earlier, you know, the you mentioned the top 36 receivers, and the thing that just blew me away about last year, and people have probably heard me say this, you know, 100 times, but – there were 76 receivers last year that posted a wide receiver one week in fantasy. Now that's just one week. 
But what that tells me is that the variance is at an all-time high. So, you know, you have an ability where, you know, yeah, everyone craps on rugs because, well, I'm not going to be able to predict when he's going to have his big games. That's the narrative on him. I've heard that narrative, you know, 50 times over the last couple months. But, but the biggest thing is if you're building teams and you know this variance exists, you know, it all comes down to who do you sit, who do you start. If you can capture some of those spike weeks at the right time, especially if you're in deeper leagues, you have a lot more leeway to do it. It right. doesn't matter where they finish from a season-long standpoint. It doesn't People matter. People are making a mistake with Ruggs of, of, of applying his college paradigm to his future, which is – it's just not – he's not yeah, playing I Alabama think, anymore. I think he's going to get a lot of easy targets early on in that offense versus, you know, what people say, well, he's going to be really boom or bust. I don't necessarily think so. I mean, you may not like him as a prospect, but I I think there's going to be games where if you have him – he's the kind of guy I want on my bench when I need to throw in a receiver – versus some of these other guys that maybe don't have the same ceiling. So I think that's the overall point at the position right now. There's just so much variance. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you could say, I, you know, I, I ripped on on Mims because I think there's some floor problems there. You could you could say, hey, Pete, what about Ruggs? He's got floor problems too. too. And, and I think that's fair. I think that's a fair thing to come back at me with. I just feel like his overall profile is so much better. He's so much more explosive. I mean, if Ruggs hits, he's going to hit like crazy. He's going to hit like freaking crazy. Well, one more thing to add to just on the – from a value standpoint, I mean, look at what – I know everyone brings up A.J. Brown, but look at what A.J. Brown did last year. Is there anybody in this class that you could see having such a good year on 85 targets to where you say, I can sell them for double what I paid this year in the draft next year, whether that's because of hype, whether it's because of how the market reacts on him, is there a sure. receiver in this class where you could see that happening? To me, it's Lamb because he's on the Cowboys. There's a couple of them. <laughs> You're saying could happen. I wouldn't bet on it happening, but it certainly no. could. I mean, that level I'm of saying, efficiency. Hey, if Amari not... Cooper gets hurt, Lamb's going to be a monster. I'm saying, is there a guy that could have a year like A.J. Brown? A.J. Brown is probably one of the most overrated receivers in Dynasty. I mean, he got up to like wide receiver seven or eight this year. Ridiculous. I, I mean, him, it is getting a little crazy. You're pivoting off of him. I pivoted off of him. I got Calvin Ridley and Drew Locke in a super flex league. And I'm looking at it going, I may Ridley may outproduce AJ Brown over the next three years. Isn't it funny how people suddenly like Calvin Ridley? Yes. Because because when you were talking about old, when you were talking about old rookies, I was like, I remember all day people saying, you know, Calvin Ridley better do it in year one. And to be fair, I think he had like almost a hundred targets. And he, he went crazy with touchdowns. He he went crazy with touchdowns. He got like almost double digit touchdowns. It was something stupid. I'm gonna look it up here in a second. Yeah, the touchdowns but, were silly, but but he played well. Yeah. He could have had one touchdown. Yeah. He still played well. And he came out the gate and got the 90 some odd targets, right? And went back and looked back. DJ Moore had 80 something targets. He was second behind Christian McCaffrey. So I think what's gonna be interesting to see is how involved are these guys in year one. And, and and maybe not even from a production standpoint, just like what are you getting from a target standpoint? Because and this this kind of goes into a lot of what Peter Howard talks about in terms of when you one of the reasons why breakout age is so important is because we're looking at um, if someone does it really young as a freshman, they're coming in with no advantages from a scheme standpoint, from a strength standpoint, from any of those things. They're coming in from high school and doing it and putting it on paper is like, okay, I know this guy's good. Like he had no advantages. 
and was taking on people who were either about to go in the league or 20 or more developed, two, three years in the weight room, whatever, and he's cooking. So so what's really going to be impressive is do these, in the same vein of what you were talking about earlier, Scott, if their values are going to hold, what's going to happen to their value if they're not getting these normal training camps but they're still coming out and getting 100 targets out the gate? All of a sudden, are we looking at like – strapping rocket ships to their backs with like i mean it'll be some stupid value i mean you're gonna look up and you're gonna we're gonna think that aj brown had a value spike let rugs get 105 targets for 65 catches and watch 100 yards watch, watch visca soak up all those leonard fournette targets any of that <laughs> any of that oh you're gonna you're gonna make him you're gonna make him so mad <laughs> Gonna make Peter so mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, J. Mike, you mentioned the two poster boys for this: AJ Brown and DJ Moore. If you look at their numbers, just their numbers in their rookie year, you would say, okay, their value should not have doubled from where it was because it was already high. So, if I'm drafting a receiver, that's what I want. I will worry about it next year if I can hit on that two x value in one year. Not even because I think that they're worth it, but because everyone else in my league does. Then I have the option to say, you know what, I can get any receiver in that, you know, wide receiver 13 to 24 range plus a first for A.J. Brown. And those are the kind of deals you could make. That's the guys I want to draft and hit. That's the importance of hitting early. It's not because I think they're going to be able to do it for eight years. It's because now I'm holding, you know, the thousand dollar chip in my hand that everybody wants. And that's and that goes to the point earlier when we were talking about. Uh, the value of those 2021 picks because Zach, like yeah. you said, 2021, and I listened to your podcast with Matt, 2021 already fully loaded, right? So we're we're really excited about what 2021 looks like. But if any of those guys get some some serious targets out the gate, they are going to like you'll you'll be able to cash that in for something serious with these Batemans, Chase, uh Rondell Board. Like it's stupid. It's crazy. Shameless plug. We're going to be talking about uh, Trey Sermon and Sean Wade tomorrow, and it's going to be a fight between me and Matt. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> TDDR, check it out. If, if the, the NFL rookies have a hell year, then the college players are probably going to have a hell year too. Uh, even yeah. worse. Like I, so, I'm way more concerned about college football than NFL football. Real, yeah. quick, real quick, a little off topic. Did you guys see Chuba Hubbard's tweet the other day that he's got an announcement coming up in a few weeks? Oh, he's not eligible. Yeah. He's not He's not eligible sophomore. for supplemental. No, he's not because he's a sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Is that why? Or? Yeah, why? I'm not sure, but I heard that he wasn't eligible. Oh, he was yeah. eligible for the NFL draft? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know where that's There's coming from. He There's should be a, eligible, but he has to apply to the NFL to get in. So they, they have the final call on who gets in the supplemental draft. Has anybody heard anything about players who need another year of college to be eligible for the NFL if there is no college football for some reason? Those players will be able to just go pro as if they played, right? They have to. They have, right, they have to. Right? So it's three years removed from high school. It doesn't matter whether you play or not. So they're eligible regardless. Okay. I'm just curious if Chuba was a red shirt, if he red shirted at all. If he did, then he's he eligible. Did. If he, if he's he, three years okay. post already, yes. Then, then yeah, he's eligible. Hmm. So it's it's a time duration. It doesn't matter whether – okay. Right. But I don't know if the supplemental draft has anything different, though. But like, basically, I mean, if we're, if we're doing draft prep next year watching 2019 college film, yeah, that's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think the – the guys ahead of the game are already the guys that were we we kind of thought were coming out, you know, b- between Chuba and 
uh, eats Tien and uh, well, uh, what, well, there was another. No, I mean, Harris. I mean, no, think, think about no. this. Say oh, yeah, how it's going to play. What's the combine going to look like? You're going to have a bunch of out of shape guys at the combine. They will be they'll, be work, they'll be working, but not, not in football. They form, won't be in football sure. shape, but they'll right. be in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not like the combine is is football shape. Each other off the field and whatnot. Like they're 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 getting on the practice you, field. You you listen. Right. You take two hundred athletes and you leave them to their own devices instead of having them in a program. A, a fair percentage of them are going to be in less shape than they otherwise would have been. Yes. Oh, for sure. Fair point. I'm um, just saying it's going to be a wild process. That's it's going to be. Oh, dude, it's going to be something we've never seen in our entire lives, or yeah. probably ever will ever again. Like this is going to yeah. be crazy. Yeah. It'll be We're just getting into this COVID shit. Yeah, it's going to go on. That's true. <laughs> Sad but true. That's that's true. Where else um, can you get this kind oh, of fantasy it. analysis? Oh, the open <laughs> bar, baby. I, I, don't, I don't want to bring you guys down, but I got a guy that's pretty close to uh, some NFL GMs, and he tells me that the that the college game is in doubt. It's probably yeah, shaky. He, he said it, it has to be. It has to think about how many college football teams there are. Are, are saying I, that I find it and hard, and it's state by state that that teams yeah. are allowed to play. Like there's, <laughs> it's so runs NFL, so deep. Some, some universities have money, some don't. Like you, oh my god. Yeah, we I got say we just it's say. like seventy percent chance it's not going to happen, and it's like, oh, that's a big, that's a big number. Yeah. Just strap up an all SEC season and let it ride. That's Let's go. <laughs> that's all we need. Teams coming right. out of there anyway. If you're a college player and you posted good 2019 film, you're not sitting here going, oh, I really hope that we play 220. You're going to be like, well, who cares? Right. 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 You're going to get drafted off your – Exactly. Yeah. It's like I don't have to go out there and risk my ACL. All right. No problem. Right. People aren't jumping up above you. Yeah. Yeah. It might honestly benefit players like those kids that stayed back, you know? Speaking of of Trey Sermon, who who we'll be talking about tomorrow, that dude's going to be shitting his pants. (laughs) He's going to be like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. um, Think about, like, is there a Joe Burrow out there? Because it won't happen for him. Right. You know, if there's a guy who is going to break out next year and have the year that was going to make it, well, it's never going to happen. We're never going to find out. It's, It's already happened. Trey Lance. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like if we dial COVID, COVID back one year, there's no Joe Burrow. Right. 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 That's a really good point. That's a really good point. The oh man, that is a that is a bummer. Thanks a lot, Zach, for bringing us there. We're gonna have no college football season, but we're we're gonna get uh, NCAA football back. That's what's gonna happen. Oh my we, gosh! If we. If we got the game back, I think that I think COVID makes it all worth it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's, not funny. That's not funny. I'm sorry, but I do want that game back. I'm just saying. But but yeah. <laughs> not not joking about the part where the game was. I really back. do want NCAA back. <laughs> That's true. That you know those, those were good times. Clear really. that part up. Yeah. Didn't didn't they have NCAA DFS and stuff at one point? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, a couple years ago, I thought they had. I mean, I never played, but it existed. Man. Um, one thing I'm really interested in, and and let's b- before we get ready to to wind things down. Excuse me. <laughs> this is my last podcast, like possibly ever, and you're yeah, just you rubbing your eyes over there. Who do you Start think you it. are? <laughs> 
I just love how you, you weren't paying any attention to anything going yes, on on the screen. And then I said that, and then you pop up like, I stay listening. excuse me. Yeah. I want to speak to the manager. <laughs> 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 that old this bathroom is disgusting. Who runs this establishment? Uh, <laughs> the, I've uh, never who, done that, who? by the way. <laughs> but my mom always does it. I'm so embarrassed to go and eat with her. She's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> what is um i can't even i'm sorry back to this draft class for a second who ended up shaking out for you guys obviously in drafts i, I want to ask a few draft related questions if we can do this quick hit style i would love to because i want to get through several questions um so this is the this is the vaunted one word game gabe um we'll <laughs> see if we can get through it yeah, we it's got always, another it, three hours on this pod. Then let's. It's ride. always way more fun. <laughs> it's always way more fun to, to play it because it's never one word, and it's okay. Um, but one word. Uh, who turned out to be? And, and we'll Scott. We'll start with you. We'll work our way around clockwise. And shout out to everyone that's listening to us in podcast form. But obviously, you're missing out on the live goodness <laughs> that is the open bar, nine thirty p.m. <laughs> Eastern. Never late. Always on time ish. <laughs> Fair enough, Peter, man. Fair enough, Peter. And chat, I want you all, please, I want you all answering these questions as well. Um, and again, they'll be kind of quick hit-ish. So, Scott, we'll start with you. Work our way around clockwise. Gabe, you're answering too. Thanks for playing since you want a pod so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the 2020 rookie RB5 for you at this current moment, RB5 in this rookie class is who? Dobbins. Jake, wait your DeAndre Swift. <laughs> Swift for Scott. With Zach. Oh God. Uh RB5. Uh, <laughs> dude, why why couldn't you send one? I had one figured out. But RB5. <laughs> yeah, you gotta think. Because that's not fun. I don't want to hear who your one is. I want to know who your five is. Oh God, I've been drinking. To just answer this on the on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> Let me go back to Scott real quick. Scott, did you say Keyshawn? Vaughn? DeAndre Swift. Keyshawn, I was, okay, Keyshawn Vaughn. I was going to say okay. Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> I'm, I'm, better, I'm, I'm better not being anyone's top five, damn it. <laughs> I'm just messing with Scott. I was going to get Jake a little riled up and say Keyshawn Vaughn. Vaughn. Vaughn in the words five or higher should never be the other. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to go Cam Akers, man. I think okay. that's the guy there at five. Pete. Um, I love him, but I'm going to go Dobbins. I've got Jake. Akers higher. Okay, Dobbins. And Jake, Jake, you already said Dobbins is five. For I you. think people are underestimating Akers' ability to catch the ball. Dude, yeah, Akers might be the most well-rounded back in this class. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't I think some it. people are yeah. sort of not paying attention to that fact. But here, okay, so I mean, I got, I got, I got Taylor's, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, um, Dobbins, and then uh, who's the other guy? Swift, Swift. and then I got uh, Akers there. So I mean, honestly. It's a tough question. After 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 yeah. one with Taylor, they all are. Player, right. I mean, they all kind of jumble together. Yeah, I I really like these backs. I I, sure. I I don't want to put any of them at five. I really don't. I don't either. As long as it's not Bond. Who's your five? The Fresh your, Prince, who's, who's Swift, Taylor, Dobbins, and Acres. C E H. Is that how you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
Yeah, you, Gabe does want to be here all night. <laughs> no, no, he, he's trying to have me end this broadcast abruptly. Who's <laughs> number five overall? I would have just said maybe Lamb. Because I think one mistake people are making is not considering Lamb. I, the, the five running backs just go without thought sometimes. And I think personally, yep, I, I could see yeah. taking CD over um, Dobbins. I can see it. Me too. I, think it's, I think it's fair, but, but what you just said is that you, you can get him at, at seven or eight or whatever, and that's great. And, well, and <laughs> maybe there's risk involved in that, but that's totally worth it to not spend that draft capital to, to trade up or whatever to go to that 105. Or if you're at the 105 and you see that dude is thirsty for a running back, just trade back to the, the 106, 107 and still get man. Definitely. I agree with you, but I'm just saying in terms of just valuing these guys, I, you know, I, yeah. I think, no, I think Judy, we haven't talked about Judy. Judy's amazing. I think Judy and both have a claim to the fifth spot on the board. I, I think they're reasonable picks there and nobody's taking them there. And I think what I'm about to post, shout out to you, Kyle Sinra, up in um, up in the land, the land over under uh, Canada. Um, <laughs> so so this, this, this is what this is what's been fun to see is that even if acres, even if you have someone like acres as five, which I feel like has been um, the prevailing thought. I won't say it's consensus. I won't say that it's. It's the most like that's, common, that's, I think. Yeah, that, uh, that's most five. The the beauty of this year is you can you can take any of these guys, and I don't think that it will be shocking if you look up and any of the five are at the top of this group in two years. Like I don't think anybody's going to be like, oh, Cam Akers is Cam Akers was the best back in the last two years out of that group. Like, oh no, no way. Like. And that's what I find very, very intriguing about this draft. And then also on top of that, um, who just posted it? Oh, I'm missing it. I'm sorry. I lost the I lost the comment here. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Let I me think move it's, on. I think it's name. fair that uh, and the uh, on the flip side, like we, we are so thirsty for for uh, rookies, et cetera. Wide receivers going top 36 in the first year, whatever, like all five of these running backs are not going to be successful. That's going to be very, very difficult uh, for, for that to happen just as, as history is told, well, yeah, I mean, especially at- that all of them are pretty much second round running backs. I mean, sure. We'll, we'll give the CEH is his first round draft capital. Okay. Gabe, Gabe look at last year. I mean, um, who or was it last year? Yeah. Last year. Um, who are the rookie running backs? You got, Jones. Montgomery Jacobs or not? They're two years. I'm sorry, two years ago. You got uh, Penny, Penny, right? Penny, Sonny yeah. Michelle, uh, yeah, Ronald exactly. Jones, Darius guys, and then you got Nick Chubb. All those guys were first, second rounds. There's one guy that hit, you know. Yep. When you're looking I mean, at these guys and they all go within like 12, 20 picks of each other, it comes down to fit, not quality of player. So I think sometimes people take they, they they take draft capital but too much weight on it. Like like Hilaire went first. Yeah, he went first because he fits that offense, not because he's better than all the other backs. That's a combination though, too. I mean, talent. And I love Hilaire. Scheme fit, you know. I mean, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has, has a lot of talent. That's a great scheme fit. You know, I mean, you can make an argument he's RB one in my opinion. Sure. I think between Taylor and Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I mean, you're looking at those two, they could fight over for RB one in my opinion. 
I like yeah. CEH is is quite a bit safer at the, as RB one right now. I think as a floor wise, yeah, because I mean you still have Marlon. Mack, I think I think I think Marlon Mack's a good running back. It's, yeah, it's, it's the offense. I mean, as, well, as I'm, much as as much sorry, as a great sorry. fit that is for JT. Um, sorry, I can't we, back we still have questions about pass catching ability. They have Hines. They have Mac. Fumble, fumble worries too. I mean, Jonathan Taylor had a lot of fumble. Had, had sure. Fumble. I, mean, I think receiving upside is my biggest and remains my biggest question mark for JT. But I, and I like him. And I mean, I was a little bit down on JT compared to the consensus pre-draft, but that is a really good run blocking offense. That yeah, oh yeah, I was gonna say, man. <laughs> yeah, talk about talk about scheme. I mean, whatever. Yeah, we're excited about. CEH being in uh, Kansas City just because of that offense. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Zeke wasn't really in like that type of offense when he was drafted to the Cowboys. We were just excited because it was the offensive line. And and if that's going to work, then that's going to work. But you also have to be careful because that can fluctuate after a year or two. No question. Yeah. One one, one season does not make a career. That's fair. No, that's true, but I mean, if it, I, I, I think that we could all agree that the Colts have a a decent strategy within the the last few years as far as what they're trying to develop as yeah. an organization, and I think yes, the Cowboys right, right, sit right, 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 there too right. as far as what they wanted to do in, in terms of building around the offensive line. Everyone hyped that up for a long time, and Linehan and all that, and it was kind of a new movement. And then they drafted Zeke, and it was you know. I could see them going way more run-oriented offense. You know, they're building up that defense. And, and this was the greater point that I wanted to be able to get to, and I, I found the comment. Again, shout-out to you, Kyle. Uh, at this point, I do want any of those five guys, like, period. <laughs> like, this is legitimately five guys, burgers, and fries. Though, Mike, though. Like, I, I don't get it. Like, what why, do you mean? Why, but, like, Playing your flag. Like I, but what I just what I was just saying is that not all five of these guys are going. I mean, they could, they could, all five of them could hit. But why why are we not? Yeah, like Jake said, planning your flag. Like, why aren't we so committed? This, this is Peter to just would two be or so three guys or something because he's like, if you don't plant your flag on these guys, you're not helping anybody, right? I'm not so, an analyst. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying. This I, is the I, open I, I bar. Don't. I come with the podcast with, with my with my brother, and I like I like to laugh at a lot of people, and and, and I say that in jest to some degree because I whatever, I don't know what you call me, I don't know, and and that's probably fair. And you, what I'm saying is, you don't I don't think you have to hate any of those five guys. You can plant a flag and say because if it's me, I like I love Ceh, and, and I've made that very clear on many many fronts, right? But but I guess the the point is like I'm okay, like because I feel like I could be dead wrong about Acres. Cause, cause I think of the five, like he's my least, like he's, he's my most distant of the group. He is your one five, by the way. Sorry, we we didn't ask you, J. Mike. Is that your your one five no, or your fifth running back? He is, but okay. but he he flashes some special stuff, which is cool. And maybe the maybe Henderson and Brown aren't much of a thorn in his side as they may as I think they might be. Like all that stuff could be fun. But what I'm saying is, if if I'm in the top five picks. I don't know that I'm trying to give up the world to get to JT. Um, I, I, maybe I'm just okay taking Cam and and I'm cool with letting the dice roll. But yeah, Jake, you're exactly right because because Peter's always talking about that's half the fun, right? Planning right. your flag and like, right. planning your flag and being right or wrong, like it's right. like running with it. That's, that's, that's been my testament throughout this this whole process is trade back to get whoever the RB five is and. 
for me, Dobbins is in his tier below, but I don't think he's the RB five very often. So, I mean, it felt it felt like a few years ago when we had Mixon and Cook and Fournette and McCaffrey. Like for me, Delvin became the clear value of that rookie class because he became the one hundred five in that or the RB five in that class. But the difference is, is that those guys were first round. I mean, Cook wasn't, but those guys were first round picks. They were top ten picks. Like the other thing is, Dalvin was stepping into an offense where he could catch a lot of passes. My problem, see, how is Dobbins going to catch passes? If someone can help me get that down, then I'll sit there and say, yeah, I, he's I can't be get player. over Dobbins splitting time with Mike Weber and not really doing a whole lot more than him two years ago. And then he gets put into such a beautiful scheme for any running back with Justin Fields at the helm. Like, and I know he's going to Lamar Jackson, so that, like, Makes a lot of sense, and he it is a great landing spot for him. Running plays, where are the receptions coming from? Yeah, I don't see it. That's the problem. He's not a special receiver by any means. He, yeah. Look, you put him in a decent NFL offense, he'll catch balls. I wouldn't worry about it, but in this offense, Lamar Jackson's not hitting the running backs with passes. So I'm, so, I'm just I think the flag plant here needs to be it. Running backs dominate dynasty. If you have a stable of running backs that are in their second or third year, your teams are in the best shape. Just what I talked about earlier. You can fill in receiver. There is always value at receiver. You can get it cheap because people start selling off veterans earlier than they can. So if I'm sitting on a team and I have Miles Sanders, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, my team is stacked. And there's a bunch of teams in my league that are sitting here on Carryon Johnson, Marlon Mack. You know, they're going, man, I'm – I need to replace these running backs ASAP. So I think it's fair, like Gabe said, that all five aren't going to hit. But I think if they do hit, the value you have is, you know, look at someone like Taylor. If he hits, his floor is Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon. You're going to have him up there with Ezekiel Elliott value-wise. You can trade that for anything. You can trade it for the RB1 in next year's class and a starting receiver. So it's more of just like the running backs are the most scarce scarce asset and I want one thing to say with Gabe is the NFL is lowering the value on these running backs now. A early second yeah. round pick is a mid first from five years ago. You know, teams are not teams are not drafting guys in the top five like Fournette and McCaffrey and Zeke okay. anymore. So very much. I think it, we just have to adjust our historical data to say, well, he wasn't a first round pick, so he's not an elite running back. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a correlation we can make. I'm I never cared about yeah. that to begin with, but I need, I want some receptions out of my running backs these days. Unless I play in a .5 league, I want running backs who catch passes. And Dobbins, just his, I think he can do it, but the landing spot, that team, it, it's a concern, you know. So, and I think the same thing with Taylor. So. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think I think JT has has been vocal about trying to get better about that, and, and did uh, do yep. that in his last yep. season. And I think he he did enough to at least make us feel a little bit better. Um, and, and to keep going on what you're saying, Scott, I, I'm totally with you. Like, I I I am one to follow trends and and see like what the NFL is doing because we have to watch what they're doing. I'm just curious, like what it is with the, the wide receivers that um, the, the NFL is not under uh, in quotes catching because we, we still see like, you know, four or five, six of these guys drafted in the first round. I just alluded to, uh, I don't know, like an hour ago, J Mike, I don't know how long we've been on here, but I was talking about all these wide receivers that are, have just been trash in the first round. And here we are jumping back onto this 
but I'm, I'm just not exactly sure why. And also the fact that I, I, and I know you're saying this on a fantasy perspective that wide receivers don't matter. And I do kind of agree with you that it, it's so such a high variance as far as scoring goes and you can kind of just pick up anything. So why isn't the NFL picking up on something like that? Why are we still drafting wide receivers in the first round if there's such a high variance with that? Well, I think here, here's one, one of my theories. If you look at the running back contracts over the last five years, it is very profitable for a team to draft a receiver and get early production from them. Because if you want to franchise tag a receiver, if you want to pay one of these elite receivers, what you have to pay them is a lot higher than, I mean, look at the franchise tag for a running back right now. I think it's 12 million this year for Derrick Henry. And the market has settled. Look at what somebody like Austin Eckler got or Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley got in their second contracts. So I think the equity a team gets by drafting receivers early and getting production from them is a lot higher because they're going to have to pay them in their second contracts if they hit. They don't plan on paying running backs at all. And if they have to, you can go out and get one for, you know, you, you could get Melvin Gordon this year for $8 million. You can get Todd Gurley for $6 million. Now, they're only probably a one- or two-year filler, but I think the teams are looking at this from a perspective of it's still more valuable to get a receiver early, but that doesn't mean that for the game we play that running backs are less valuable. I actually think they're more valuable if you hit on these guys because look how quickly they turn over. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard this year, but you're already talking about value loss on Kamara, Cook, Mixon, because they're going into year four. They're going to be free agents. People yeah. are already off of those guys. People don't want factor, those guys for Jonathan Taylor. So, do you think another? I, I I like what you just said. Do you think another factor could be that people aren't looking at their fantasy leagues themselves as long term as they used to? Talk about it. Oh, absolutely. you know what I'm saying. Absolutely. People aren't saying, "Well, I'm going to yes. take a receiver because I'm going to still have him in seven years." I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that my league ain't going to be here in seven years. Or I just can't project that far out. I mean. I think that's well, always- for me. I think I might not be here in seven years, but that's all <laughs> yes. You'll be right there yes. in that room, damn it, Pete. I'm gonna be right here in my attic so Gabe can be <laughs> well, and we've learned from the last couple of years. I mean, who was it Zach that mentioned the 2008 class with Rojo, Carry on, Geis, Royce Freeman, uh, Sony Michelle, Rashad Penny? You could say six of those eight guys were busts out of that class, and you're sitting there looking at, well, I drafted. You know, I traded up to take Royce Freeman, and I passed on Cortland Sutton or DJ Moore or Calvin Ridley, and I'm like, man, that looks really bad. That's the risk you take on these running backs, though. If you pass up CeeDee Lamb or Judy to pick Akers at the 105, if he busts, that's a big loss. But I guess my point is if he hits, next year I'm going to be able to name my price, and it's probably going to be able to include one of those receivers plus. So it's really just how much risk do you want to take. Dynasty to me is like a two or three year game now. So I'm taking yep. the risk up front on the running backs. I'm with you. I love and that. and it, yeah. sorry, J Mike, one more thing. Cause Scott's was flexing on us that he's in uh 30. What are you, would you say 30, 3,800 leagues? Did I say 3,800? Roughly. It's between 3,500 and 4,000. Yeah. Gotcha. So, um, but I think there's something to be said about like how many leagues that you're in. Cause if you're in like yes. two or three, then maybe you should just plant Get a flag guys. on like yep. one or two guys, but you're in like 35 leagues. So maybe you should diversify. diversify. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's dependent maybe a little bit on how many leagues you're in. So uh, with that said, could you, if you could share how many, or if you know, <laughs> if you have to like go through it now, then certainly don't, but just off top, if you know, like your kind of diversification 
between those top five running backs? Bro, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How many times bro. have you had the option to choose yeah, different right? running backs and gone a different way, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah, and I've I've only done that once. I took one swift share just because, like Jake said, you know he's he's typically a guy that's not falling to the fifth running back, and he was my RB five. So if I was ever in a place, I was fine staying in that spot, letting whoever falls to me. Um, I, I think that Gabe, you make a fantastic point that a lot of people that will ask me questions, I come at it from a point of, hey, I'm in. If you're in 20 plus leagues, you can run your portfolio like a portfolio, like a stock portfolio. Yeah. If I'm making 10% profit over here, I'm fine with losing 5% over here because I'm still making a net of 5% overall. Yep. If I'm in one sure. league and everything's all in on this one league, I have a hard time going, man, I really don't like Cam Akers, but I'm going to take him over a receiver that I love because it's my one league. So I totally respect that point that you know, I, my approach is I come at it from a portfolio standpoint. So I'm always about value regardless of whether I like the player or don't. But, yeah, if you're in two leagues, I'm with you. Get your guys. You're also a guy who trades a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, you could say that, yeah. Yeah. No, my point is, like, look, I'm a dad. I got stuff going on. I got time problems. So for me, it's like – And you got to do it all from that room. I could say I'm going to make a bunch of (laughs) trades. I can't – but it it needs to be a a, a realistic thing that could actually happen. Yes. That's good. That's good. Yep. The man. Ah, oh, so many, so much, so much, man. I knew I knew I knew with one question, y'all would crush it. And one word did. answers, baby. Let's get I, it. I love it. I, I, and I knew it wouldn't happen, and it was perfect. You got no, please don't. I literally, I literally do that oh, it's game. Become a meme for the open bar now. Legit. No, this it's it's Pete. I kid you not. I'm not pulling your leg at all. It, it's absolutely perfect. You guys are great. Um, the yeah, I like that sound. <laughs> um, I've got one more question. over. I've got I've got one more question. Um, again, one word answers. <laughs> <laughs> Your and we'll go reverse this time. Gabe, we'll start with you. Oh, the point that I wanted to make earlier before I ask the question. If, if you look back at a lot of your drafts and a lot of your leagues and mocks and everything else that we did two years ago, it is so funny, Scott. I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up with all of the – because we, we definitely pushed all those running backs up. And it's funny to see the, like, next four guys off after all those running backs. DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Calvin Ridley, Michael Gallup, Dante Pettis, right? So Dante Pettis being the one where you're just like, like, get him out of here. But like those other four guys, like, man, well, you talk about hits. Like DJ Moore hits, was right? DJ Moore was up there quite a bit above the rest of those guys. I was looking back. He man, was in one-on-one conversation a lot. In, in, in leagues that I was in, yeah, and, and they're mostly with – this isn't the flex. Please don't don't hear me uh-huh. wrong, people. Like flex yeah, is just okay. with, it, it's just with FF Twitter, right? So so a bunch of folks who are doing podcasts and writers and all these content producers, things of that nature. And I'm looking, and DJ Moore is not going. Like you, maybe Carryon was going after DJ Moore because he was kind of the guy who got to some degree. He, he wasn't pushed up quite right. thin, right. but but Royce Freeman's going ahead of him. No. Sony Penny. All those guys. All those guys, yeah. <clears throat> anyway. Freeman, 
I think it became and, a starvation of I got to get a running back. So people started trading up to take the backs. And if you were in the position to take the receivers, you're like, oh, I'll take Cortland Sutton. One eight, nine, one, ten. Yep. Because I remember, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because I was literally just looking at it yesterday. And so when Scott brought it up, I was like, exactly. Yeah, that's like, I, I, I saw that. That was the case. Well, I remember in like Pigs 3, you know, it was our first year. So everyone gets the same amount of auction money. Everyone, and it's points per carry. So everyone wanted fucking running backs. And I did too. But I remember sitting back and be like, I don't have money to get these guys. So I got Kelvin Ridley, DJ Moore. And one of the other ones for like a quarter of the cost of any of those running backs. The quarterbacks were going for insane amounts of money. A two quarterbacks are tough over, and pigs. Man. For over 700 bucks. I got rugs for 200. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Rugs was a discount everywhere uh, in, in leagues this year. I got my whole draft for 200 less than what Tua went for. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my last question I want to get out because I'm curious kind of where things shook out for you guys. Um, and I listened to all y'all's work, so I know the answer, but I want other people to hear you all too. Um, your wide receiver. Actually, this is a two-part question. So rock with me. The, the wide receiver that you have at number two in the class. And I want to know the wide receiver that you and we're excluding rugs in this the wide receiver in this class that you don't want on your team in two years again the wide receiver two in the class and the wide receiver that you don't want on your team in two years rugs cannot be an answer for either unless he's your top two which is cool gay what you got so this uh, is so wait, oh, wait. I have to say my wide receiver two, wide receiver two, and the wide receiver that you don't want uh, in two years. Okay, well, my wide receiver two is Rager. Okay. Um, I should have waited longer for that answer because now I have to think. <laughs> uh, I probably i I probably don't want Ayuk. I think that's an easy answer and i guess maybe not for uh pete sounds like he's on to the iuk train but um like that, yeah um that would be one of those first round wide receivers that we're not talking about uh <laughs> like like the last three years have shown us but uh yeah i guess i'd just say iuk it's kind of boring right. rager's not jake. boring as a wide receiver too though so take that <laughs> jake uh, I have Justin Jefferson at wide receiver two, narrowly over Judy. Um, and and it, it kills me to say because I had Chase Claypool in my Devi league for a few years waiting on his potential, and I cut him last year. <laughs> and then he went first round in our Devi rookie draft this year. But I think Claypool's the guy I'd probably be out on. I mean, you can argue that. He's he's not a bad value. I mean, a second round wide receiver, you're probably getting in the early third, very late second. But um, I don't know if I trust his ability to be an ex wide receiver. Um, my two is Judy, um, just by very little over Jefferson. And I'm just gonna the guy that I don't want on my team is Mims. 
Um, and then the other guy would probably be Hamler. Okay. I just feel like oh, Hamler's Scott's upset. You, you cut you cut Scott and uh, Peter Howard <laughs> that, in the bone with that. That right? face was nasty, <laughs> Scott. Exactly. As soon yeah. as he said that, I looked for Scott's reaction. He and I disagree on so much, but I like I respect the things he says so much. It's interesting how that works. That's what it's makes this game so special, man. Exactly. So special. You can respect somebody and completely disagree He's with them. Really for almost everything he says, but he and I see things a little differently. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, so my two, my wife's two, two is, is CD Lamb. Um, like we talked enough about him, but I, I like him at two there. And then uh, the guy I'm staying 100% away from, and I'm not an analytic, analytics guy by any means, but I do take analytics into question. Not a rugs guy, man. I'm just not a rugs guy. I don't see it. Rugs can't be the answer. No, that's that's the easy out. That's the easy out. Try again, Zach. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. That's my guy. That's my guy. I'm staying away. <laughs> Every other wide receiver will be successful, but him, nope, not in two years. <laughs> Can we allow him to go more? I, I knew I was going away from <laughs> rules here, and I just do not care because this is one guy who I'm 100% staying away from. I don't care what I mean. <laughs> let, let him give us the why. I, I also want to know who your wide receiver one is because I think that J. Mike Judy. framed that question. Judy. So, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I feel like he framed it so that we would not say, you know, Lamb as the I, wide receiver. Judy's my one. I, I, knew that was coming, I knew that was coming from Zach, too. So. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to way too many. I keep up with way too many podcasts that I respect people's decisions. I like, I like that a lot. J. Mike does his homework. I just show up and pod. <laughs> Scott, I just show up. I just show up and dad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, I got to, you know, Pete and Pete's actually speaking my language on this. Judy, wide receiver, too. I do think if I'm, ha- it's that's a tough question to predict which one you don't want on your team in two years. Um, but, I think if I see a path of what would that type of player look like, it's going to be an older prospect that has a chance to pop early. And I think if that is Mims, he will be the guy very similar to Terry McLaurin last year. You know, McLaurin, people don't really think about it a lot, but he's going to be 25 in this September. So maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why he was successful so early, uh, a much more mature prospect coming in. I don't know if that's going to be Mims. And I, I was hesitant on Mims because I think there's a chance that, you know, Gase is gone in two years, and then you see a potential value spike like you've seen tons of former Gase players get in Dynasty after he's gone. Uh, but I think Mims will be the guy that could pop off early. You know, we talked earlier about he could be one of the guys that gets the volume this year. I'll be, he'll be a sell candidate for me next year if that happens. So I'm with Pete on the two, Judy and uh, Mims. After all Mims that disagreement. Mims is the guy that you're avoiding? <laughs> Mims is the one I don't want on my team in two years because that's the guy oh, I can selling. All right. And, I wanna, and I'm going to do it to him, J. Mike. I'm going to do it to him. Scott, tell after, him. <laughs> after J. Mike answers this question for himself, I want the Jaguars' takes on Visca from you two fellas. Scott, I, I, I love you. Sorry. Go ahead, J. Mike. <laughs> Hit Scott, it real you quick. Forgot go to, ahead. You forgot to tell them. You forgot to tell them inherently. You're an ageist. You're an ageist. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Okay. So that's the other part of this with Mims being 23. Or uh, either he's 23 or going to be 23, whatever. He will be 23, Scott yeah. Scott is an ageist. Yep. So that's the way it goes. Oh, yes, here we go. I'm here for this. Um, Yeah, we can talk about that in just a moment, but may as well just let this ride, right? 
Can we? Uh, is the is the audio? Does the audio share through this? Does that happen? I don't oh, really know. Try it. Are we gonna we're gonna find out for sure. Yeah. Let's find let's out. find out. Let's. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought I was gonna have not the, find out. No, Scott I, just yeah. hacked into your computer and it's like, nope. Yep. Sorry, Bucko. <laughs> Does that work? Uh, no. No. It's working. No, no. sound, but it's working. No Sorry. sound. Uh, we gotta see some see some sideline catches from yeah. him. This is sick. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> no sound. No sound, bro. Really? Sorry. Nothing. They, they don't. They don't hear you spitting over it, guys. This uh, sucks. I, I, I saw a few plays there where there's some separation. So, guys, this this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James with the James with the old sticky paws there. We're so oh, we're so cheap. My oh, here it uh, is. No, wait, wait, wait. I got it, guys. I got it. Got it? Okay. I got it. Ready? A highlight oh. video is not the same without the hardcore gangster rap. It's true. <laughs> Does that work? Yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, dog. Look at that separation. Dude, hey, highlight hey, package just hey, got so much hey, better. Hey, this is why I'm hot, hot. This is why I'm hot. Oh, what? What oh. was that? Did I just get an ad on my video? This is why I'm hot. I want to hear about separate This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Hot. Drafting fly. Keep drafting flops. You're drafting flops, Scott. This is why. This is why I'm hot. Drafting flops, Scott. Keep drafting flops. This is why. This is why. This is why I'm hot. This is why I'm hot. He ain't got a catch. Homie got the wheels, man. He could be running true. He represent New York. Yeah. He got it on his back. True. Gase may have lost it, but he gon' bring it back. Yeah. Athleticism dirty, and that is what I love. And the second round, it's a rap. Give me the dub. His 40 was a flex. Trusty isn't slow. Sick him all day. Come on down to Waco. Waco, Texas. And he can jump high. Yeah, what more can I say? Left him in the dust, scoring TDs every way. Just before 20, that B is BOA. Dominated college against everyone he played. So if you have a tie between a couple guys, this is my advice. It is not a lie. ADP will move. Just rise and rise. Draft if they ask why. This is your reply. This is why I'm hot, hot. This is why I'm hot, hot. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot, hot. This is why I'm hot, hot. This is why I'm hot, This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot, hot. I'm hot, drafting fly. Keep drafting flops, flops. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot, hot. I'm hot, drafting fly. Keep drafting flops, flops. This is why, this is why, this is why I'm hot. Uh-huh. You got to let it finish. You got to let it finish. Yeah, you're right. The, the, you got to get to the, the payoff. Here's the payoff. Good job. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I have a mem share, and I'm excited. Uh, uh, like, mem's comes up against all my biases, right? I'm a Jet fan. <laughs> you know, it makes it so hard. He's a second-round draft pick by the Jets. The Jets have ruined more second-round receivers than anybody in the history of the NFL. And a Baylor receiver? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm scared out of my life to do it, but I'm just going to prop it up just because why not? I like it, man. <laughs> Into uh, extra special shout-out, Spaceman. 
Um, yep. Dave Wright, the the uh, Mr. Database Junior. If if PA Howdy is Database Senior, then uh, yeah. Dave is Database Junior. Uh, it's his love child for sure. No question. He's got uh, obviously he had a league and he uh, allowed a lot of us to to give some analysis and make fun videos for his league. And uh, apparently they had a great time with it as well. So, Dave, we appreciate you, man. We see you in the chat and uh, glad we could glad we could have some fun with that. You killed it. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Well Scott, done, sir. Scott, did we change your mind, man? Come on. <laughs> huh? I'm excited about up. my mem shares. I am excited about my mem shares. This I hope he smashes. So then I can trade him after this year. <laughs> <laughs> can I send that video to all my league mates? Of Please course. do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have it unlisted uh currently, but yeah, I'll uh, I'll open it up to the fans. <laughs> Jake, Jake, just to answer your question real quick about Chenault. Um, no, yeah, I want true, 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 true. your wide receiver two first, and then uh, oh, oh he, he flipped it on me hard right there. Okay, yeah. executive producer flexing on me. Welcome back. I am a little problem. Like a light. Uh, wide receiver two, Justin Jefferson. Um, no question. And um, the player that I'm probably not going to have on any team is I think I feel like Chase Claypool is the easy answer. Um. I thought Ruggs was the easy answer. But, but that's my answer. <laughs> What'd you say? I thought Ruggs was the easy answer. <laughs> no, because I'm okay with taking a shot on Ruggs. A lot of what I said just in terms of the, the boom potential. Um, but yeah, it's 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 Chase Claypool for me. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna draft him anywhere. Um Visca in Jacksonville. I'm excited because I don't think that I ever saw LaVisca not hurt in college, at least me for what I watched. And everyone, not everyone, a lot of folks that I respect a lot have great and raving things to say about LaVisca, the athlete, and what he does with the ball in his hands and all those things. And I'm excited to be able to get another playmaker down in Jacksonville. That's awesome. Like, it's great to see. He's going to know away from Fournette. Yeah, and, and, and they were talking about trying to be able to run him some and do some different things. I, I don't know what how they plan on using him, but I'm excited to see it. So I yeah, that, that that's where I'm at with it, Jake. I, I'm I'm glad they chose him because I I think he's good, and he did, he did some he did some pretty good things. I, I just don't like know if I ever saw him healthy. A, like he's hey, such here, a fascinating mid second round pick. Yes, no question. Like, he's so exciting to get in the middle of the second round. Right. Agree. Like I, I I'm not sure. I I haven't heard a lot of like why people don't like him aside from the injury stuff uh, for the most part, I guess. Well, uh, I think it's, I think it's the, the fear of Cordero Patterson role, but, but it's not, like, it's Cordero not Patterson wasn't that player in college. Like he never really broke out, you know, and he was a transfer, a Juco transfer. I mean, and I love CPAP. I that comp, they're, not, they're not, they're not, they're not the doubt. same players. They're not even close to the same player. The moment that people started saying, oh, he can do everything. So now he's Cordero. It's like, no, it's he's actually Demo not that Samuel on steroids is what he is. Yeah. You could make that. It's really not right to compare him to Patterson, who's a guy who no. I liked. Look, I got suckered by Patterson myself a little bit, but. This guy's not the same. This guy's making plays down the field. He's making plays on the ball. He's he's running actual routes. I mean, Cordero for the most part. Yes, he did exactly. He's a wide receiver. Like he's wide receiver first. You know, in my opinion, underneath stuff, he's doing a lot of. I mean, a lot of his stuff is yak, but he's a legitimate football player. Zach, come on in. Come on in, buddy. Come on in. 
I don't see the route running ability that you guys are talking about. I really don't see it. I see he I see he's he runs these college football routes. Yeah, I, I see these college football routes, but I'm not seeing like these these legitimate NFL level route trees that, that that every other you know good NFL wide receiver is running. Like he's he is Cordell Patterson in my opinion. He's a he's a running back. He's a flexed out wide receiver. He's somebody who can line out wide and and a kick return. And he 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 just doesn't have like a solidified role. You know what I mean? That's in my opinion. That's what I see. I just don't know. I, I just I don't think I ever I don't think I ever saw him healthy, and I think that he's probably really good at football. And I'm curious how he's going to be weaponized. And I, and and exactly yeah. I mean that's, that's, that's just it for me too. That, I mean, Cordell Patterson fights routes and he fights the actual football. Cordell, <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a guy who was going to develop more than he did. I I, yeah. I got Jake the Vikings as much as 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 I do. I think he can he can uh, attest to this. Cordell Patterson's kind of dumb when it comes to football like and i'm not trying to be a dick or nothing like that but he just i, I he's mean he's not a mature individual to begin fact, with being being as close to vikings football as i have like he could not learn the playbook to save his life i mean you even watch him yeah. play for the vikings like he's running an out route when he should be running a slant like what the hell are you doing dude like <laughs> you know your quarterback's looking for you over the middle of the field you're running an out route it's like dude you're not it's not even gonna happen for you okay well i look i mean we'll if that's the case right there, I think we've got a, a, a difference between these two players because I don't think Chanel's that well, guy. Style of yeah. I think you can compare him, though, in my opinion. I think you could compare him to the way that they play now. You know what I mean? You look at Cordero in, in Chicago, and, and hear me out. You guys, I know you guys said that you know he's, he's not compared to Cordero at all, but the way that Chicago played him last year, it's like, it's it, it really is the same guy. He's a really good kick returner. He's someone that can that can play many different positions, being being a total offensive weapon. You know, I think that's someone that that Lavisca can be in in Jacksonville. And Zach, I think I we're gonna, let's break Zach, it down like this: fear, What caused fear. Patterson to fail? What caused Patterson to fail? Mental side for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, mental that, side, yeah. Okay, if that's the case, I, then I don't think we have the same problem. You see what I'm saying? Sure, but I mean, did Patterson fail because of a skill set, or did he fail because he was running the wrong play? I mean, I, 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 mean, I never Patterson, realized he was that empty upstairs personally. I, but I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just not something. No, I, I know, I know, I know. But like going back to like just physical skill set. I mean, is Cordero someone that can be a, a guy that could be a wide receiver? You know, I, I don't think Lavisca is a. The difference I see is in terms of the way that Patterson does fight the football with his hands. He did it at Tennessee, and he did in the pros. Chenault doesn't fight the ball. I think he can catch the football smoothly. He's I a think much he more nuanced wide receiver than yeah, Cordero I, was. I, I agree. Okay, so Cordero was an open field in any way freak athlete. Yes, yeah. I would give you that. Lavisca is a better wide receiver than Cordero was, but I think when you look at them as a total overall skill set, they're pretty similar in in traits. But how about this? Cordero was a first round rookie draft pick you know, mid first, maybe late first. And LaVisca is a mid to late second. Like w as far as a value standpoint, there's no way that we, we can, you know, pass that up with, with that kind of ability and, and, and the flexibility really between playing all these positions. I've maybe, and maybe it's that like Cordell Patterson or, or Tavon Austin, like these guys were just ahead of their time or something. And, and LaVisca is more, yeah. more, a for this NFL where there there are kind of flex positions. We've talked about this in, in past pods, J. Mike, with uh, Taysom Hill and 
uh, Eckler, uh, Jalen Samuels, like all these guys that kind of play all around. Evan Ingram is, is considered more of like the wide receiver type of tight end and things like that. I, I think there's uh, we're moving towards a little bit more where we could have players uh, play multiple positions. And Cordero Patterson caught 46 footballs. Do you guys remember Cordero Patterson's rookie season and what happened to his dynasty value after his rookie season? I do not remember. You guys also realize that Cordero – He was like a second-round startup after his rookie season. Yeah, you guys realize that Cordero didn't start playing football until college, though, too, right? I mean, like, he was behind his time. His his experience was behind his time anyway. But, um, uh, Gabe, to your point there, though, about, like, you know, the Tavon Austins and Corderos and – and such that you were talking about, like, were they behind or were they, were they ahead of their time? You know, possibly, like, that's a very good point. Like, maybe, maybe the NFL is going to adapt to guys like KJ Hamler in Denver and, and LaVisca in yeah. Jacksonville. Like, maybe they actually start really, you know, plugging these guys in and being like legit, you know, fantasy prospects. But I think this is just more of an NFL move, in my opinion. I don't think it's a good fantasy move. It's fair. Time will tell. Tell them what's Sorry, in under the wire in one of my leagues. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you were to say that again, Pete? I just got four contract moves in under the wire in one of my leagues. So I, oh, I, missed, okay. I missed the last 30 seconds. I'm sorry. All right. Clutch. That just sounds Congrats. clutch. If <laughs> Maybe. Um, Gabe, that's all I've got. I know it's been, golly. It's been You're like, a liar. You're no, a liar. Any- and by the way, we're talking about Chenault and Patterson. Chenault can't hold a candle to Patterson in terms of running with the football. And, and no. Chenault's one. He's not a returner. He's not an open field player. Like like Patterson, thing. he's one of the best I've ever seen he in is. the open field. Right, which is why so <laughs> many of us sort of like went against our better judgment and said, yeah, he can do it. He can do it. I was in Guys, here, let's be real real quick. They both have dreadlocks, so they're both the same point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, th- I think they've got a lot of Marion Barber traits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. Um, all right. No, no. Hey, at least it only took us two hours and ten minutes to get off the rails. That's <laughs> true. Hey, hey. Zach started it. Let's pose with this, Gabe. This will be my final bullet. Uh, the chef just posed a question in the chat. Who's uh, what the chef? chef? Uh, oh. The chef. The chef. Yeah, the chef. Um, FF chef. FF chef. <laughs> uh, just got a trade offer. What would you sell Montgomery for? And I presume that is a David Montgomery as opposed to Ty Montgomery. Oh. Such an ugly conversation. I'm not trading David Montgomery right now. I'm not either. I'm not either. Unless you give me that 21 first. I don't think I don't think anybody's paying what what his potential is still. David's a good running back. I'm gonna say that right now. I just gotta squeeze that in there. David's a good running back. I love David Montgomery. Talk about somebody who escaped the draft. I don't love him, but I'm not giving him away. No way. He's taking his kid. Nobody's taking offer. He said he got an offer. What's the what's the damn offer, James? We don't we don't know if, he, if he's getting scraps or if he's like someone's actually really paying up for him. Maybe they aren't even the same question. Like the trade offer, what didn't involve Montgomery at all? But you wanted to throw in Montgomery somehow. <laughs> just yeah, just making a statement. Just got a trade oh, offer. Yeah. Oh, by the way, on a different tangent. <laughs> this is two questions, J. Mike. <laughs> Scott, Scott, do you have any any leanings right now of of Montgomery? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned he survived the draft. So, I mean, that's a positive for – there's a lot of other running backs that didn't. So, I mean, I think you're – get volume, man. Yeah, you can't sell him right now. I'm only interested in him if there's some sort of, you know, half PPR or point per carry. Like, that's where I might actually buy. Uh, but if I have him last year, you know, I'm obviously selling at a little bit of a loss. So, I don't think you can sell that volume. There's, you know, there's probably going to be less than 15 running backs that see the volume that he did. So, it's hard to mm-hmm. – Hard to cash out just on what your value you're getting on your roster. I want to play J Mike's game real quick. J Mike, no. can I? May I? What? What? You want to go? What? You want to go? Just do it. We just do leave. it. No, we just do it. No, I just want to play the the the. the would you like kind of play you know, the game? Play the game. Oh my just goodness. I'm never, I'm never, I'm never texting you again after this baby. Unbelievable. <laughs> Are you gonna say play the would you rather game? Yeah, just like the. I can't play that anymore. My daughter <laughs> is just everything. Is would you rather game? <laughs> would you rather eat eighteen spiders or seventeen grasshoppers? Hey, at least I would go. Talking. I would go grasshoppers. Honestly, grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. And then she's always so shocked know. when we agree or disagree. It's great. Yeah. Really. <laughs> um, all right. No, just the, the running backs you would rather have. Uh, real quick on Montgomery. Let's go. Let's start with uh, Aaron Jones. Jones. Easy, Jones. Okay, Montgomery. Just, for me. I'll fight all you. <laughs> Dang, it's like that, Zach. It, it, it just makes me roll in our show. One more answer. I think we got to go a little bit closer to ADP here. No, it's just working uh, down. Jones, I mean, we're we're already flirting with, or or everyone 105. Cam Akers was was where I was considering, but uh, all right. So Aaron Jones, um, most of us are going to say Jones, except Zach, and he will fight us till the end of days. But (laughs) it's okay, we don't have to fight. We just have to stay one. Caught 25 balls, and he's capable of catching six. He's a good pass catcher. He really is, and we got to at least be fair. All right, Leonard Fournette or David Montgomery. This Montgomery. year only? <laughs> Jesus. Mon- Montgomery. David here. I think I'm going Montgomery there. If I took David over Jones, I got to take David over Fournette here for sure. Okay. Uh, Scott, did you answer? Yeah, I think you got to go Monty over uh, Fournette for sure. Okay. Um, and you, Drake? Drake. That's a roll of the dice right there. Um, Again, we're talking career. Yeah, I'm going Drake. I think that's fantasy football. Like, who do you want on your trade? Even if you don't like him, you're going to be able to sell him real soon. Give me David. Exactly. Uh, Give me David, too, but it's close. I understand the upside with Drake. I I think people are projecting his efficiency from last year to carry over for a full season, and I don't. I don't think that's going to happen. Drake's, Bro, if, if, if Tariq Cohen's going to keep catching 100 balls, I can't get with him. I can't mm. do it, no. Thank you, Drake. Oh, that's gross. People forget. That's gross. Um, let's keep going. Todd Gurley. Montgomery. Monty. Yeah, Montgomery. All right. Uh, Devin Singletary. Oh, David Montgomery. Montgomery. Monty. No. Singletary's not that good. Don't forget about uh, don't forget about uh, Zach Moss, guys. Don't forget about Zach Moss. Zach Moss, yeah, I will. Uh, we're gonna split, split between Singletary and Montgomery. It, a lot of these have been splits. 
to be honest. I like that. You upset I like Scott with that? I think the I think the maybe the most interesting one <laughs> is maybe Melvin Gordon. Oh, he's gone. <laughs> oh, he's came. You back okay. back. <laughs> I know you don't like Zach Moss, but I, 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 we thought the Zach Moss slander sent you out of here. <laughs> no, I was going to say uh, Montgomery or Keyshawn Vaughn. I think that one's pretty close. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm definitely taking Montgomery there. Montgomery. All right, let's keep going. Um, Melvin Gordon or David Montgomery? Uh, <laughs> a lot of smart people have been, you know, like Derek has been – you know, hyping up Gordon a little bit lately, lately, and uh, I think he's got a, I think he's got a decent point for a nice two-year window with with Gordon. I think he might be a dynasty yeah. buy. Yeah. I think Gordon. I think Gordon can hang. I, I think Montgomery can hang with Gordon, and then the, I think the youth factor makes him more valuable. Okay. Um. Let's. I mean, is Gordon going to get all the juice up there? No way. I, I I mean, to, I think to, they might uh, want to though. for uh, uh, for my guy Jake. He, he he seems to be a Lindsay proper. Um, I love Lindsay. Yeah, how are we gonna I absolutely love Lindsay? But I don't think I, I think what Denver wants to do and what Shermer wants to do is have a feature back. Okay. Okay. So That's you're saying Royce Freeman. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, see, that's, I mean, you know, Freeman, it's not like Freeman's played bad. Dude, Freeman's not a bad no, Every not. time Freeman starts he's playing well, bad. he just was never nearly as good as people thought he was. I think Did, you hear that, Gabe? Did you hear that, Gabe? Never nearly as good as people thought he was. Ever. Ever. That was Ever. what the executive producer Did just people said. think he was good? We've, we've had that argument oh, before. Pete. People thought Freeman was real good. Really good. Because I, I was above – I always thought I was above consensus on him, and I never loved him. I actually like well, buying him right now. I think he would fit better almost anywhere else than in that Denver scheme. I, he's well, a guy I'm actually good. trying to yeah. get thrown into deals. because I mean, I can see him – You don't. He's a 228-pound guy who catches the football real well. Exactly. I, I actually am hoping he gets moved because that was the complaint last year was uh, – you know, they didn't like – they just were more impressed with how Lindsey hit the holes than, than Freeman. That's why they relegated him to the pass-catching guy. And that doesn't, patient, that's not how you'd profile him. So. He's a patient runner. Yeah. Lindsey is an attacking runner. Yep. Yeah. Lindsey happened to play on a lot of plays where there was better blocking, better schemes. Freeman broke more tackles, more yards after uh, contact, all of that stuff. But Freeman did have some good – I mean, he had some moments. I mean, it – it would be unfair to say otherwise, I think. Imagine yeah. Freeman in Seattle. It's a bummer. That would it's be interesting. Bring him back. He to might drive Pete Carroll crazy. <laughs> Pete Carroll likes those Carson types, though. He likes Thomas Rawls. He likes guys who just get it in there, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's keep it rolling here. Um, what, where did I leave off? Melvin Gordon. Let's go, with, uh, let's go with your, your first round. Uh, late first round pick equivalent to from Royce Freeman to 2020, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn or David Montgomery? Monty. This will shock you. I actually might take Vaughn because if he hits, major, <laughs> major profit. 
I, I don't. I think Monty's going to have a hard time ever hitting the return value. So you, really, his value is on your roster. Whereas if Vaughn Vaughn pops early, I think he's somebody that you're going to be able to sell for a lot. The problem for Monty is that Foles <laughs> is not going to play that long. Foles Foles ain't playing 16 games. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem for Monty. I think. I like how you just slide in Foles ahead of Trubisky automatically. <laughs> hey, I actually got shares of Trubisky. I'd love to see him win it, but it, it, it Man, feels like I, you know, I like Trubisky. That one that one's thing still. Yeah. Hey. All right. Three uh two or three more, real quick. Le'Veon Bell or Montgomery? Lev Bell. I'd go Monty, but I think it's close. Yeah, Monty. I just wish Lev was somewhere else because he's still good. Lemville could catch a lot of passes this year. He yeah. looked really good. It's just that offense did him no favors. They didn't use him appropriately. That was just well. – But it's funny. Speaking of Lev, you remember early in his career, he did have the volatility narrative about injury and potentially missing games. You know, he suspended and he had the injury narrative. He might be a guy that just lasts like four or five more years. I mean, he is one of the true workhorses right now in the league. Yeah. And the Jets you, probably you have last and, and I don't mind I don't mind running. picking up P Ryan for absolutely free either. It's just a little right. handcuff. And and even that, like it's a fourth round pick. Like that's not it's not threatening by any means. No, no, but I, I, think, I, I was on the like taking P Ryan a bunch of times and he went right in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're not spending a lot. All right. And then uh Kareem Hunt. Ooh. God, talk about talk about an investment that could pay off huge if yes. everything goes right. Such a great mid round redraft pick right now. Absolutely love Hunt. So Hunt Just over it. Montgomery. Maybe. No, I love both of them. <laughs> Hunt is Montgomery over everybody at this. Like I'll, he left for a while. He was like Monty over anyone you say. <laughs> Hunt is a souped-up Tevin Coleman from the last couple of years. I mean, one one injury away from winning leagues, whether it's season-long or dynasty. I mean, but yeah, people still think yeah. he was only good because he was with the Chiefs. Right. People That's really think like mind. Yeah. Really? No he's not. A, he's not. You know, he's not that good of a talent. He, it was what? all the Chiefs. Oh my gosh. That's out there. That's nah, a- Kareem Hunt's legit good. He's good at everything. Not maybe. Well, maybe not. At, you know. But you know, well, all right. Uh, last one, Chris Carson. Monty. David Montgomery all day. Monty. Okay. Um, I did this kind of in a boring order. I just went um from the top running back down to the lowest running back, but I did ten of them. I think I went from RB seventeen to RB twenty seven, so eleven running backs. Um, but. Aaron Jones was the top one, and then uh, Montgomery was just stuck right in the middle at RB22, which is uh, – so the overall was between – and this is not – this is non-superflex here. So 32 – overall 32 um, to 83 is what we went on the range, and Montgomery is at 60, like I said, kind of dead in the middle there. I feel like there was a lot of back and forth, though, like – and I think that Montgomery – basically when there's a lot of back and forth – I mean, mostly on the top end, though, there's a lot of back and forth. And when that happens, you kind of uh, have yourself a value, I would say. And volume matters. 
if I had some second round rookie picks, I think that'd be something I'd love to be floating right now for a guy like David Montgomery. Montgomery's got pass catching chops, man. I mean, that's the money skill for scoring points at running back, you know? Yep. Yeah. And those and the, and the other thing is those skills don't go away. Like guys who can catch the ball can catch the ball. Like yeah. even when they get beat up and they're not the same guy after contact, they're still pretty good receivers. Yeah. So lose eyesight. Yeah. It's funny, um looking back to last year about the Seem to be maybe a little bit more hate than love for Montgomery. Kind of. Well, that's because um, he's getting like Saquon Barkley type of power and yeah, the, well, the Le'Veon Bell vision and yeah, yeah all that is like okay, right, right. <laughs> that's why. And he was RB twenty six at the same time last year, and now he's he's moved up a few slots. So um, it's with, funny, man. There's so many of these guys where like. I wasn't high on them coming out, but then when they bomb, everybody just like leaves them for dead. And I'm like, well, like like Rojo's an example right now. I was never high on Rojo, but yeah. now everybody's like, Rojo sucks. He's completely awful. He's dead. He's completely worthless. I'm sitting there going, I don't know. Hear that, Jay, Mike? It's amazing how value will shift your preferences on players. Yeah, right? you know, I mean, sometimes it's better to just like have a Carry deep on. runner and not 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 move around so much. You know, Carry on is 22. That is so unfair. Well, yeah, carry on. Said a carry on got a bad beat. Gabe, just yeah. wait till your kid your your kid uses. It's so unfair on you. Carry on's <laughs> one of those guys where he could have a big second contract. If Carry on, well, let me tell you about Carry on Johnson, Bucko. <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you about hey, Mason. It's only going to be a couple years until you can actually communicate with them. Think so. about like think yeah. about it a season or two from now. Carry on with the Jets or something like that. All right. We got to get out of here. Jay Mike's going to get mad at me. Um, this is it. This is the open bar. We've done it. We've done it again. This is uh, this is a David Montgomery podcast. We're going to give everyone an opportunity to uh, say what they need to say about themselves. Um, and uh, Jay Mike, do we have a draft to end this thing? Do you have any ideas? No. I wish I had a good one. This is a great group to have a draft with, but I didn't. I know. Maybe we could do something with the 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 daddy thing. Um, Scott's not a dad, though. Yeah, but neither am I. I mean, so yeah, yeah. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, right. So we'll uh, we'll we'll combine this with our outros. Feel free to um, say what you need to say about yourself. But we are also going to do a draft, uh, one hundred and one through one hundred and six. And this draft is going to be about um, let's make it about poops. Um, cause we were talking about poop earlier and baby poops. So four of you are going to know about poops like very well. And then Scott and I are going to just kind of try and guess. So maybe we'll, you know, <laughs> talk about something else. I don't know, but, uh, we're going to talk about poops. Okay. So, uh, baby poops, or maybe Scott and I have to talk about other poops and you are going to have to make that poop into a player. Um, this doesn't necessarily have to be bad. This could be a good thing. Like there could be good baby poops versus bad baby poops. I don't really know what kind of poops exist, but there are uh, there are good poops versus bad poops, right? Probably. Oh yes. Oh yeah. There's yeah. no, but there's yeah. oh shit. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> hey, you can get into it. Get into it. All right. Get into it. But you have to comp it to a player. All right. You always have to comp it to a player. So give me 
um, your uh, your life story of what you're doing in fantasy football, but as well as your pick in related to a poop and a player. So, Zach, uh, uh, sorry, J. Mike, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and, and, and plug whatever you would like to plug in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We'll have the stage. Um, it is it's a dual moment for sure. So, um, Zach, uh, great to have you on the show. Please share whatever you need to share, but don't forget, poop player. <laughs> All right, I'll do my best to keep it short and sweet. Um, but uh, it, it's it's been fun chatting some ball with you guys. So I really appreciate you guys having me out first and foremost. But uh, for me, if you don't know me, you can find me uh, on Twitter at NFL underscore Zach. And then uh, my website is DynastyDraftRoom.com, where we focus mainly on uh, the NFL draft, Debbie Fantasy Football, and Dynasty Fantasy Football. Um, I got a full team of NFL draft analysts that have already been putting out 2021 scouting reports for you. So that 2020 draft ended and bam, we moved to 2021. So uh, lots of good stuff going on over there. We just had a conference call with our Debbie guys. Like we just have to try to find out, like figure out some ideas, what we can do different than everyone else. And um, lots of great ideas coming up over there. So I'm really excited for what's coming out there. Um, but yeah, man, uh, check out dynastydraftroom.com. We just got a bunch of stuff over there and man, like, I got I gotta compare six players to poops. That's the yeah. deal. Yeah, no, just just one, not oh, six. One. Okay, one hundred one. You get the one hundred one. Oh, I get the one hundred one. Oh, I got the okay. Yeah, it's too uh, easy, right? This is cake, then, man. All right. Yeah, exactly. It's that it's that it's that hard poop that's not like super runny or nothing like that. It's that hard poop that just doesn't really smell, but you know that your baby pooped. You know, so it gives you that warning sign, like, hey, I gotta change my baby's diaper. You know, and you look, and it's like, oh damn! It's like these two little nuggets that don't even smell, and you wipe your butt with one little, with one little wipe, and you're good to go. And I, you know, that's that's got to be the Saquon Barkley of poops right there. Mm. Strong, strong, strong. <laughs> See, the dads are gonna relate to this, and Scott and I are just like, what the fuck are y'all? You guys don't know, right? <laughs> I can't right. 106, which is just this like explosion of bathtub diarrhea. Oh gosh! Oh, I don't even know what I'm gonna pick. I should have been the 101, so I could just like yeah, guess yeah, what yeah. It would be like because I don't even know like oops. So all right, um, Pete, you are next. Uh, prop yourself. Don't forget about the uh, poop and the player though. You're up, bud. You got it, man. Um, you know, look, not a whole lot to pimp as far as what I'm doing these days. There's a whiskey podcast that I'm doing, so if you like whiskey. Yeah. You can check that out. Fantasy Highland. It's fun. Um, as far as poop, I would say the player I would say is a little bit close to poop. I'm not going to rip on Mims anymore because, quite honestly, I, I like Mims more than I've indicated. So I, I want to lay off him a little bit. Um, I think sometimes quarterbacks in these super flex drafts go a little too high. So I think, look, if you're taking Justin Herbert in the first, that's poop. And that's it. That's all I got. Wow. Nice. Mm. I like that. And I, I don't think Herbert's a dog, but I think in the first round we're talking that that's poop. Was I going to elaborate on my type of poop? <laughs> I didn't want to get too specific about the shapes and all that stuff. I just wanted to, you know. <laughs> real quick, real quick. I, I'm interrupting here, but um, J. Mike and Gabe, the last time I was on, you guys started recording before I knew it, and I was talking about how I was holding my baby up over my head. Oh, and yeah. from, oh, you remember that? <laughs> so, now we're talking That's about it. <laughs> It's all about perspective. In the second round, he's not poop. In the first round, Herbert's poop. 
I like how J Mike finally remembers who I am now. <laughs> I know, exactly. Yeah, that was it. That was like the moment, though. That was it. That's good. Oh, my God. All right. Uh, our order changed here. Um, so uh, around the around the clock here, Jake, um, our EP, my guy, my dude, so happy to have you back. Um, share anything that you would like to share about yourself, but also poop and player. <laughs> Uh, I have nothing to pimp, really. I just want to say I missed this. I missed your faces. I miss chatting about fantasy football with you guys um, more than you'll know. But um, the only thing I'll say is uh, SFB is coming up, and let's all be our best in this community and um, you know pump up Fantasy Cares and, and make our donations and help support that amazing league. But um, – as far as poops, I will have to go Keyshawn Vaughn, and the equivalent uh, is like a stomach virus diarrhea that it the poop smells like sickness, you know, and that's not necessarily just babies. That's any, that's any of us. But that's real. That, that's that's you don't want any of that. Jake, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I was hoping for more of a dad poop from you, like you know, understanding some like baby poops, you know. I was really hoping for something deep and detailed. Oh, I have another one. You don't get dead poop after midnight. <laughs> That's me. <made it>. Facts. <laughs> dad poop? You uh, <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I'm be texting everyone. <laughs> you know all about that soon, man. What is, Guys, what is, what's happening? <laughs> all right. Uh, Scott. We made it to you, man. Um, I'm sorry if there's there's no poops left uh, available. I'm sorry if you had to go and Google like different type of baby poops. There's always. Um, I, I know I know the player knowledge is not the issue here, but possibly the baby poops. I don't know. Um, so share what you need to share about yourself, and then player poop. Well, appreciate you guys having me again, and you can find me on Twitter at Charles Chill FFB. My podcast is Dynasty and Chill. I have another high stakes podcast for the FFPC called Chasing the Helmet, so check that out. I think we're 14 episodes in now, so that's really ramping up. And Gabe, I can relate. I don't have kids, but what I do have is I have four cats, and that means all the time I am cleaning out litter boxes. So I... Ooh. gotten to the point now where they just stand there and wait until I clean it so they can get right back in and shit again. So I'm going to compare that to Jameis Winston because I think <laughs> Jameis needs a fresh start. And that's how the cats feel every time I clean those litter boxes. So I think 2020 is going to be a clean litter box for Jameis Winston. That's and then boom, he's going to, I think he's got a shot. Another, he's going to get multiple opportunities after 2020. Are a litter box. There we go. <laughs> so good. That was really good. Really Very freaking well good. So, <laughs> you, you three dads should be embarrassed. You <laughs> <laughs> just smoked y'all on that. Once you, once you have kids, your processing ability is not yeah, there. It's not, you're really, it's okay. Kind of so what this I don't want to hear this. <laughs> all right um let's see i will uh well I, I i will yeah i'll take the 105 and i'll say first of all um thank you for um you know j mike as well obviously 
um, for making this pod just such a pleasant experience. I, I just truly had a great time tonight. We, we uh, just good balance of, of laughter and uh, player talk, all of, all of the things. And it was good. And uh, we argued and we don't hate each other at the end, which is uh, what everyone wants out of Twitter, but that doesn't happen. So um, bring it here instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, yeah, thank y'all. Love y'all so much. Um, my, uh, I don't know. Like I literally know nothing. So I'm, I'm going to go to this. Uh, we, we played this baby shower game. Um, my, my wife made a puzzle. And she made a bunch of like words, uh, like kind of try to guess the word that I'm talking about type of thing. And one of the words was blowout. All right. Uh, and like all of the, all of the parents got it immediately. Mm. Like they knew exactly what a blowout was. And, and I was like, okay. <laughs> you just kind of like sound like, you know what a blowout is. Um, and to my knowledge is just like, oh shit. Basically like literally <laughs> in that it diaper. Um, and, and sure, you know, they pooped, but is, is it a bit, is it a bit much? Yeah, I think so. And for me in super flex leagues, I'm, I'm thinking that's Lamar Jackson, y'all. Okay. He, he's, he's at his peak right now. Um, if you want to go and sell that guy, go ahead. Cause you're probably going to get some, uh, good juicy stuff. I mean, I see this year after year in the super flex leagues. Uh, I, I reference Carson Wentz often or Aaron Rodgers often that they were, or Russell Wilson often that they were once the number two overall or one overall QB. And it's just not super su sustainable. And you have to look at the market and look at your league and look who's thirsty for that, uh, quarterback in your league. And, He's a blowout, guys. He's good. He's fine. That's fine. That's great. But it's it's going to be tough to sustain what he did um, in 2019, or I even get better than that. that first. Blowout. I like that take. And you're like, oh my gosh, look at Lamar Jackson. <laughs> when you see that first blow, you're like, oh my god. <laughs> no, but I mean, if you had Lamar Jackson and Mahomes as your quarterbacks right now, which one would you sell? You'd sell Lamar. Oh yeah. But then he goes off, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I just sold my." <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, it's going to hurt for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, but, but couple of years. His value is athleticism more than Mahomes. It's true. You you have to you have to trust that he is going to develop to be a, a pocket passer, and exactly. Um, I I think he's shown enough, I guess, to have some trust in that, but not like. Kyler or a guy like that, though. Yeah. Kyler's another kind of sell on it, too. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, just <laughs> just a um, J. Mike, my dude, my guy, my friend, I'm sorry that we did this to you. I'm so sorry. I won't do this to you for two more weeks. And maybe maybe in two weeks I'll be like, I'll be the guy over on the other side. I'll be like, hey, can we? Uh, yeah. I'm ready to kick rocks, bro. Uh <laughs> That's what J. Mike says to me. So, um, J. Mike, what do you have to say to the people, the fans, and your pooping player? Give it up. First and foremost, uh, I cannot explain how excited I am for you, Gabe, and this upcoming child. Um, my entire plan prior to COVID wrecking stuff 
was the fact that we're going to fly down and be there with you guys and be able to help and encourage and all that stuff. And sadly, that's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, but I'm excited for you either way. Um, and, and yeah, I can't tell you how, how excited I am about that. Words don't express how, how thrilled I am for you. Um, next up to our guests, I truly have looked forward to this night for too long. Uh, I have a great amount of respect for the work that you all do slash did Jake. <laughs> and um, just I am I am just uh, I am so pleased to be able to take in your work, to be able to uh, chop it up with you guys on Twitter every now and again and just be able to take in all of your gems, your wisdom. So, uh, again, thank you all for joining us, uh, for staying between the poops and all the nonsense and everything else. Uh, just grateful for you guys. I truly, truly am. Like, and I don't say that lightly. I don't say that flippantly. Uh, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Appreciate y'all. Uh, y'all kept it lit all night. Uh, Big B came through later. Kyle Sandra came through. They kept it lit to close us out. James, the chef was in the building. Um, we had all the all the all the good folks in. Hogue even came in. Uh, James came in. Tyler Gunther, Casey McCoy, AB, all of our usuals. We appreciate y'all so much. Thank you guys for kicking it with us. Um, Obviously, you can find us wherever podcasts are, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, if you want to leave a review, we'd appreciate it. If you don't, thanks for taking two and a half hours to, to be able to have some fun and nonsense with us. We appreciate that, too. And for us to a friend, if you'd like. Uh, but again, thank you for rocking with us. You can find me on Twitter at jmikecheck, at jmicecheck. Show's handles at the open bar pod. Uh, on Twitter. And real quick, um, Gabe, you'll find that at least once in your fatherhood, it'll likely happen early on. Um, you'll be waiting and you'll like try to catch the kid between poops so that you don't obviously have any issues where it gets on you because sometimes it's like a projectile. Um, uh. But like you may have one, you, you'll literally have maybe one, uh, maybe two projectiles that take place in the midst of like when you're changing the diaper. It just happens. Like it's crazy, but it's a phenomenon. Dads know very well. Um, that phenomenon being Robert Griffin III. Uh, you had the you had the first season where things were just blew out like crazy. It was like, whoa, this is crazy. What's going on here? This is extraordinary. And then everything else is pretty calm thereafter from a poop standpoint. Um, so I'm going with Robert Griffin III as the explosive poop early uh, that does not bring the same bang for the buck down the road. And you can find my main man, FFI that baby pappy, uh, genius MC, Bungie, G squared, Mr. Gearing, if you nasty, goat daddy, <laughs> on Twitter at FF man bun. Gabe, take us home. Did I? I had one for you earlier, right? We had one. I, I, I said so many FFs earlier, guys. Oh boy. I got. I got. I got to listen. I got to listen back. The chat hit me with J Mims check, so I changed my Twitter for, to that. I like that. J Mims check. Yeah. I laughed at that. This is why you're yeah. hot. <laughs> All right, uh, I'm with that. Um, speaking of J Mims check, uh, he's got a couple of podcasts himself. Um, Dummy Blitz. Haven't seen one of those in a while, J Mike. But what I have seen is the journal. Journal drop. Um. Haven't listened yet, to be honest, but about to, about to, excited. Um, so go check those out. Go check all of this stuff out that these guys are putting out. All right, 
um, everything. Uh, even even Jake's Avies, okay? It's got fish season, bucko. Giddy up. Got it, man. He hasn't lost a touch yet. It's true. Zach just Zach just bought like what what do you say? Three thousand dollars worth of your own merch just because you like the <laughs> I think I think I worked out some kind of royalties in there. Yeah, where where is that? Where is that by the way? Yeah, for every per Talk to, talk, hey, Jake, talk to Matt about that. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, I'll settle for a shirt. <laughs> hey, hey, look. Hey, yeah, talk hey, to Matt about that. <laughs> they, might in. they might filled in for Kyle. He was literally a dummy, and he was on a podcast. Um, right. So uh, go and get it, son. Uh, that's all I've got. I've, or, well, no, you know what? I've, I've done a couple of podcast intros this weekend. Um, I don't know when I will be back here. I'm just kidding. I'll be back in two weeks. We'll be back in two weeks. Uh, but I've done a couple of intros this weekend. I had so much fun doing them, man. It was so good. Uh, and, um, shout out to pop the hood. I ate on and stompy. Um, but it, it is just stompy and Hogue. We saw Hogan here. Um, out at the FF Mercenaries, the Marks, right? um, put, put the A-Team hip-hop beat together and um, dropped an intro for them. So shout out to them. Go and find uh, their podcast and, and go and ask them for, for help, you know, um, figure out where you can draft, you know, Denzel Mims, LaVisca, Chenault, all the guys that everyone hated on this podcast. Um, figure out where you can draft <laughs> Or, or or what is he running was that back? A shot? Was that a shot over here? <laughs> <laughs> just a slide, just a slide. And um, and shout out to the Fantasy Coaches podcast. Right? They reached out to me as well. Dropped one for them. I, I really really enjoyed um, that one as well. Got some freedom with it. Um, really, I like that one a lot. I don't know. I like that. Blow the whistle. Blow the whistle. Um, go and get it. Go and get it. Go and listen to those podcasts. Subscribe to whatever they're doing. It's all good stuff. So that's all I've got. Um, we, we, we are the open bar. We will be here in two weeks. Jay Mike, I was looking at uh, the previous, like, because I was actually getting scared that we were going to, like, somehow beat a record previously set by Brian Har. Not even a fucking chance. That is one hour away from being broken. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't. How did we do that? We podcast. It was. I don't know, bro. <laughs> I don't know. So I thought, I thought 240 was nuts. And then I looked at their record. <laughs> and it is 340. Man, you four can sit down after this. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> sit down. Think Think one hour from this is when we were still podcasting. Mm, mm. So, all right. Um, no, I, I love all of you. And I. If, if I was going to make this a last episode or whatever from, from like here from having a baby, this would be it. This is perfect. Love you. Um, good stuff. So put your drinks up, put your whiskey up, put your water up. I don't care what it is. Put your fist up. Let's get this thing. Um, we are going to say goodbye. This is the open bar and throw up one of these or one of these or both of these and cross them over and do one of those and then it is a uh, doses <laughs>